everybody and welcome to episode 507 of Conversation Street with me, Michael. Me, Gemma. Ta Gemma. And we are going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie between the 24th and the 28th of January. That's episodes 10,543 to 10,548, don't you know? Although, I think episode numbers are meaningless after this week's big Corrie news, don't you? Could very well be. <laughs> we'll get onto that later, there's a quite funny... Fairly substantial Coronation Street news this week. There's going to be a lot to talk about there. Um, I don't know, there's going to be a lot to talk about on Street Talk this week. It felt like um, another bit of a week. We'll, I, th- I don't think it's going to be a lengthy one today. I'm also jolly, jolly tired. So, Gemma, let's just crack straight on with the quiz. I assume you've got a lovely quiz for me this week. A quiz about things that happen between the 24th and the 28th of January in years ending in a two and a seven. Yes, please. On the 24th of January, 1962... What vice does Florrie spend her time doing, much to the disgust of Ina Sharples? What vice does she do? Oh, I remember there being something about it. Do I know the answer to this? I wouldn't know. Oh, oh I don't know. Picking her nose. <laughs> How would Ina Sharples know that Florrie Linley's spending an inordinate amount of time picking her nose? Well, Ina Sharples and always in the shop, only... isn't she? Getting a mint on books. Why would only Ina Sharples have a problem with this? <laughs> She's the only one with morals on the street, Gemma, in 1962. Look at everyone else there. Elsie Tanner. Go on, what is it? Bingo. Bingo. How very dare she. I didn't know that one 24th at all. 24th of January, 1977. Which Corrie character gave birth to a child who is still in the show today? Um, um, 77. 40. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh. <laughs> You've got to think about who's a character. Who's a character who had who's a birthday this week? Whose mum was in the show in the seventies? Whose <laughs> mum was in the show in the seventies? It's not that many people. I know it's not. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I told Deirdre. you I'm tired today. Deirdre. How was it Tracy's birthday this week? 24th of January 2007. Which character spends their 30th birthday in jail awaiting trial for murder? I don't know. What was the date? 24th of January 2007. Tracy. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) The last question. Help me, thanks. 25th of January 2002. Who does Dougie Ferguson join with as a business partner? Richard Hillman. Yes. Yeah. 26th January 1977. What does Deirdre want to name her child? Ah, the Tracy... Is she not called Tracy? Oh, is that a trick question? She actually did want to name her. I'm going to say Tracy. No. Oh, (laughs) what was it? Lynette. Was it? Oh, really? 28th January 1972. Which current character is born off screen? 1972. Tim. That's right. Tim. I had Tim. this question before today's. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to do anything about the fact that he's 50 and he's in hospital. Well, they said it wasn't, even, wasn't he getting a bit maudlin a few weeks ago about coming up to being 50 and stuff. But you know, it always get worse. Well, I, yeah, it could be worse. He could be in jail like Tracy was on her birthday uh, 10 years ago. Could be dead. 
28th of January 2007, what bombshell revelation does David drop in front of Blanche, Audrey and Maria about Charlie? Um, he's a wrong un. Flushed my head down the toilet. Um, I don't know. Wow, you did really badly. I t- um, I, uh... He tried to drown him in the bath. Oh, it was close. I knew it involved wetness. And he also saw Tracy killing Charlie. That's what uh, he says, even though it wasn't true. Wow, he got was three, that it? three out of... Three out of seven. Rubbish. Sorry, everybody. I, I can't promise that I'm going to you improve from this part onwards. I will, I will endeavour to do better Birthdays. in a future weeks. Tracy, January. Tim. Tony Morsley played George Shuttleworth and Oliver Meller played Matt Carter. 31st of January, Amelia Bullmore played Steph Barnes and Chris Gascoigne, who is Peter Barlow the Sixth. 1st of February, John Bow played Dougie Ferguson. Lorna Laidlaw plays Aggie Bailey. Lance Roach, who is Peter Barlow the, the Third. 2nd of February, Jeffrey Hughes played Eddie Yates. Caroline oh. O'Neill, who played Andrea Clayton. 3rd of February, Doris Speed played Annie Walker. And the 4th of February, it's Peter Ash, who plays Paul Foreman. Happy birthday, That's a lot everybody. of people this week. Happy it birthday, is, yeah. even to the dead ones. Uh, we, let's just get on with Street Talk, shall we? I reckon. Street Talk time. We've got some Street Talk to talk to you about the street, haven't yeah. we? Yes, we do. I can't believe that you... It's me that says Street Talk time. Well, you're so tired. I'm very, I am very tired today, Gemma. Can you tell us what story... I haven't even come up with any storyline titles this week. We've got Tim's tricky ticker, which is the first story about how Tim is still not dead. We've oh, got no, I think he's going to be okay now, Gemma. I'm excited to break this to you. Browns in the red to do with Chesney, etc. We've got the lion and the cougar, which is Leo and Jenny. Yeah. Starsky and Crutch, which is still <laughs> limping that... along. Oh, nice. Thank you. Nice. And finally, we just got Daniel. Daniel going says, on with whatever he's doing. Let know. me tell you what happened to Tim this week. On Monday, Kevin comes in to visit Tim in hospital and he's all maudlin because his marriage is over. Oh, yeah. It like, ended last week with Sally like saying, Oh, how could you, Tim? I'll never trust you again. Yep. He <laughs> asked Kevin to go and find Sally and tell her that he loves her. Then the nurse cam- comes in because he's got to go down for his op. So that so she wants to shave his chest. And uh, Kevin's like, nope, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, right out of that. Um, Sally's calmed down a little bit. So she turns up at the hospital. She's still a bit snippy. And then Elaine blusters in, fretting. Oh, why didn't you tell me? I didn't know. Blah, 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 That's blah. That's right. Elaine's back. Elaine. The, the character that just keeps on, keeps on returning like a persistent boomerang. Uh, uh, mm, persistent yeah. boomerang isn't that sort of like their job description <laughs> like a really really well made boomerang isn't that saying oh what a beefy cow <laughs> right. I keep thinking she's left and then back she is again uh, Sally's alone with Tim later trying to get to him to see how his secrecy has made her feel so sad they're about to open up to each other when Faye turns up and then we get this funny bit where uh, the police officer comes to see Sally later yeah, they're knock- knocking at her door, aren't they? I'd forgotten about that until I literally just seen it in the notes there. But yeah, so the police go to her door, don't they? I can't remember. And somebody says, oh, she's out at the moment. She's probably at the hospital. Elaine explains is then later. her turn to see Tim. And she says, um, how come you are 
not probably talking to Sally. And he says, well, I'm really scared. I didn't want to admit it to myself, let alone talk to her about Ooh, it. All the angst. Kevin finds Sally in the waiting room later and tries to persuade her to go and talk to, to him, Tim, before he has his operation and reminds her that she didn't tell him about her breast cancer straight away. So this is when they were married, Kevin and Sally, and she had breast cancer and um, she didn't tell him because he was having an affair with Molly or something. That yeah, he he had she she waited until right at the very worst moment, didn't she? Because he was about to split up. He was with a, well, that her. was the best moment, really. Yeah, he was about to say, "I'm leaving you for Molly," and she's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Let me but tell wait. you first. I got breast cancer." Well, he's still harboring a grudge, obviously, about that, isn't he? Because he clearly he like left her ages ago. <laughs> I, li- I like the fact that he was saying to her about this, like, and he didn't bring up any of the stuff about, you know, if somebody said to me about, oh, you never told me you had cancer, I don't think I'd say, yeah, you're right. I'd say, hang on a minute. Yeah, why? what was that? What happened then, Kevin? <laughs> Should we just remind ourselves? How's your son? Anyway, there's been a cancellation and it's time for Tim to go under the knife and the porter comes to try and chip him along, but he wants to see Sal- Sally before he goes. Um, he's already gone by the time Sally turns up to make amends. And the nurse says he's going to be about six hours. Um, and then she she looks at Sally and she's like, oh, do I know do I know you? And um, Sally's like, oh, you, pro- you probably do because I used to be the mayor. And then the nurse says, oh, if you get caught short, there are toilet facilities and smirks. And it, you've, everyone's going, oh, what's that about? How'd she find out about her weeing? Well, yeah, as, as the episode went on on Monday, it kind of gradually dawns on the viewer what's going on, isn't it? Because I think at this stage, it's like, what what is she what is she talking about? And, and they drop, they build up the mystery throughout the episode, don't they? I don't think it was very mysterious. But they tried their best, bless them. Tim gets his anaesthetic and the camera goes all blurry because he's falling asleep and then he wakes up a bit later and he uh, sees uh, a mysterious dream of Sally trying to kick a door down is it? with a police officer um, trying to trying to pull her away and it's just outside the room and then he kind of falls back asleep and then the second episode we follow him being wheeled back to his room um, he is asking the porter what happened to Sally but the, he doesn't know and then um, he gets past he, get, he gets uh, driven past a vending machine which is broken and this is what he remembered Sally kicking earlier so she's obviously really hungry Later <laughs> um, on, uh, we get a clue from Craig. He's talking to Faye and Emma about the Sally being in the paper. Hmm, it's all getting a bit mysterious. Tim's back in the ward, a bit woozy. Tells Elaine about his dream, and Elaine's being very evasive. And then Faye turns up, and she's also being evasive. Um, then they go off to the waiting room together, talk about the fact that Sally's been arrested, um, and they're going to keep her overnight if they feel like it, and they don't want to tell Tim yet because they don't think he's up to it. But as soon as he is. They will. And it's still, they're still not um, made it, you know, completely clear at the moment what it is Sally's been arrested for, have they? No. Because it, it could well have been at this point that, you know, she tries to break into the operating theatre to try and say goodbye to Tim before he gets gets anaesthetized or something. But no, it was could something be, else. It? it could, but it wasn't. Meanwhile, Kevin is in with Tim and he's hearing about Tim's dream. And then Tim asks the porter for the paper and the paper gets passed to him. Kevin snatches it away so he can't read it. Tim starts, the penny starts to drop here with Tim. He realises something is wrong. And then Kevin admits that he, uh, Sally has been arrested, shows him the front page of the Weatherfield, whatever it is. And Sally, it's a picture of Sally squatting in Victoria Gardens with New Year's We as the headline, Michael. Why didn't you think of that? Oh, I know. Like, I'm going to hire them. Can we use some of our Patreon money to do it to whoever 
came up with that amazing uh, pun. So it's, time, it? <laughs> it's can I even call it that? Yeah. Well, so Although not that I've got any for any new stories this week. Let's remind everybody of this ridiculous storyline that on New Year's Eve, Sally Metcalf, um, despite the fact it was actually closer to her house to, to go home from the Rovers, she decided to do a wee in Victoria Gardens. Doesn't make sense. No. I was still uh, I'm just one, flabbergasted one of the storylines of the year. Ridiculousness of it. Honestly, you wait, Joan, uh, okay. Bobbins next year, I'll tell you. Apparently, it is a public order offence and the police have come to get her, but she refused to leave Tim and she kicked the vending machine, so she got arrested. Now, surely that's worse than weeing. Don't men do this all the time? Um, don't men wee everywhere all the time? I think it's horrible. We don't all do that. Well, I think it's absolutely... I think anyone who wees outside, especially if they're, like, round the corner from the house, <laughs> I think I think uh, arresting's too good for them. I think they should all be lined up and shot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Tim is fretting about Sally later. Nobody can find anything about how she is, but then she turns up. She's fine. They get left alone. They have a nice makeup scene. Um, and Tim, uh, Tim thinks it's quite funny. And he explains what again why he didn't tell her about his operation, and they, um, I don't know, bond over the fact that he also needs a wee, and so he does it in a jug. <laughs> That's the end of the episode, and they have a isn't it? And, and I think viewers just go, uh, "Is this the couple? Uh, the couple that we together, together face together?" <laughs> what an earth was that? I mean, I kind of thought it was a little bit funny in a very dark way. Who anyone who's been through hospital things knows that your dignity is stripped from you fairly quickly as soon as you put your backless gown on. Suddenly, oh, yeah, you I know. check your humanity at the door because I don't care. Um, so that was, you know, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of realism about what it's other actually people like. were saying. All the rest where's of the catheter? Was, yeah, all, yeah, he should have had a catheter. Um, I don't think that you come around after having a triple heart, bu- heart bypass, you know, six hours later, you're like, right, I'm just going to have some jelly and go home. Well, it's, at least, at least to be fair to them, he's not got home yet, has he? I, what I, know, I was I most confused about was just the fact that he came around at all in order to see Sally being arrested. Like, also, I think that needs, to, just needs a bit better training. Right, so, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the UK at the moment, politically, about... Uh, the police and investigating crimes and you know ha- you know what's important to investigate what isn't do they investigate crimes that have already happened or do you have to see it happening for them to care which is what they tried to say all to do with this stupid Boris Johnson parties and lockdown and stuff I know it's not the same thing um, as lockdown and breaking the COVID regulations but I guess there is a bit of like you know human waste in in a public gardens is probably not good during pandemic is it no. but would they really go to a hospital to arrest a woman and also why did she start no. kicking a, a vending machine I the whole thing is honestly <laughs> it's the, stupid the, it's the least sallyish thing ever I mean, we were saying but the other day the poli- I don't if think you the took... police would do this no. I don't think they care the, it, it, and the, the, let's get to the end of this and then we can just tear it apart on Wednesday, Sally wears a disguise to go to see Tim because she's, she's on the front page of the hat and dark glasses the that's and she. everybody's out to get her blood. And the counsellor friend phones her and it sounds like bad news, but we get to see Sally and Faye at the hospital and Sally admits that Beaver's Nook, the exclusive development that's going to be built on the blood of dead children or something, dead ground up asthmatic children. <laughs> <laughs> They don't want her endorsement anymore because she weed everywhere. She got her beaver out. <laughs> yeah. Victoria Gardens. That should Check be. Check out this beaver's nook. <laughs> it's got a creek. Anyway, um, 
the Gazette also does not want anything to do with her campaign and she's thinking of stepping down from the election, to be perfectly frank. Um, and Faye says, oh, I wonder who did that? Somebody from the opposition must have taken the photo. And immediately Sally thinks she knows who it is. So she confronts Maria about it and accuses her. And they, they kind of have little snarky comments to each other. And she says, oh, I knew you were cheap, but I didn't think you'd sink that low. Maria denies having anything to do with it. Sally says, it's on. I'm going to dig up some dirt on you, Maria. Then Sally goes back to see Tim. She tells him what a massive liar Maria is. She says that she's told the police about Maria's massive gas guzzling car, which she's got a picture of Maria's beaming out of this well, Which she doesn't have anymore. It's, it's a historical photograph, isn't it? But Sally well, doesn't care. She said it's like, well, she didn't delete it's, it off her war. Instagram, so I'm going to use it. I don't care. Is that is that generally what you... I suppose if you don't want to, you know, besmirch your image, but generally if, if people sell their cars, they don't delete all traces of it. You're dead to me now. <laughs> um, Sally comes into the room. Uh, Maria comes into the room and has a go at her. And Tim is looking stressed out. Don't forget, he's just had a heart... Uh, operation and now all this stress is following him around. Um, he, he, yeah, he's not doing a brilliant job of um, acting like he's just had major surgery, is he? Well, he's wincing. They even had to have Elaine go, Oh, he's looking so pale. And I was watching, Is he? Is he though? <laughs> it looks like he's trying to do a crossword. <laughs> they go out to see Tim after they've had their snarking, and Elaine, um, uh, Tim says, I've got a wonky heart rhythm or something. Um, he says but that's normal. I've written summit in the notes, Gemma. That's <laughs> normal after a heart operation. Sally feels really guilty. She says, oh, you know what I'll do. I'll focus on Tim now. I'll give up my political career. And yet again, Tim Timothy Metcalf has ruined Sally's political aspirations and is nothing but proud of himself. Um, but Sally, let's be honest, didn't cover herself in glory this time around. She wasn't really... Um, running for no the, you know the, with the best of intentions was she it was more just wanting to beat maria on friday sally visits to a hospital again it's his 50th if you uh didn't know you I... should have heard from the quiz earlier <laughs> he's still pretty weak face coming later too um cause she's got her hearing and everyone's worried about that um elaine says i will move in with you to help you tim is like brilliant sally does not like the idea because all the way through the whole episode Elaine and Sally sniping at each other about, oh, he doesn't like jelly, or yes, he does. Oh, this party was crap. Isn't, well, you isn't do a this party. just Elaine moving in with Yasmin and Kathy a year ago again? I I when's, when's Elaine going to get the hint? Nobody likes her moving in with them. Wait till what? Wait till you see what happens when a mouse gets thrown into the mix. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Well, well, there we go. So that was um, what a load honestly of crud. the stuff to do with Sally. I found to be offensively bad. It's so. It was bad enough when it was just like that's a weird scene to have on a New Year's Eve episode. Why would Sally do that? Do they think it's funny? Oh well, let's move on from this now. But now it's actually turned into a plot point in, you know, the, the thing that stops her political aspirations, like you said. But it's just so stupid that it's Sally. If you were to line up all the characters on Coronation Street and say, which one do you think is most likely to have a wee in Victoria Gardens? I don't think that Sally would be up there, would First she? First you'd narrow it down by the ones that don't actually live on the street. <laughs> yes, very true. Um... But, you know, isn't this this not just the sudden returning to type, Michael? Let's not forget she was very rough when she Oh, yeah, probably, it. yeah. Um, she's probably, uh, when she was a, a nice plastic white boot wearing young woman of Weatherfield, she probably weed all over the place. 
Yeah, yeah. She's probably, it's probably the scent it's wearing off. That's She's probably weed in that puddle that Kevin drove through. That's why she was so, so mad at him splashing it, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's tromping after her now, urine-soaked boots. No, this this so was just ridiculous stupid. from beginning to end. Like, why did she do it in the first place? Both from a character and logical perspective, it made no sense. Also, why would the, why would this be on the front page of the paper? Also, why would it be on the paper a month later? Yeah, why, why is it on the paper a month later? And who took the photo? I know, we've... Because we found out that it was the councillor that with the oh, car, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. I've written those notes somewhere else. The I don't know. The councillor who um, got mad about them complaining at him for parking on their street. He was the one that found the, the picture on. He the found it on internet. social media somewhere. Yeah. So, who, but who took the who, photo? I don't I mean, think, I don't care. I, don't that know. Much, I, I really don't care. But, but I kind of want to know just to get for some them closure. To not even have who took the photo in the first. Place. And they put it on the social media. Why? But it didn't get found out then. So whoever put it on social media obviously wasn't getting at Sally. They just said, "Oh, look, there's a woman having a wee in the in the public garden over there." Um, yeah. Then the councillor finds it somehow, just by chance, maybe leaks it to the press. Yeah, how do you find it a month later? Yeah, exactly. And it's not even it, like the... hashtag Sally Metcalf wees in the garden. No. Anyway, it's, what a load of stupidness. It's, it's very stupid. Also, why that, would you arrest somebody? Yeah. Like, we've had enough that, information that about silly. that. I didn't like how Sally then, because this was a, a soapy, stupid thing to do, to have her immediately thinking, it must be Maria, so I'm going to go and have a go at her. Well, I would but assume People are all... Yeah, yeah may, maybe, maybe, but the thing is, they, they have this happen too often in soap. Somebody makes the wrong assumption about someone, then goes and makes an ass out of themselves by publicly accusing them, and it clearly wasn't them. Maria's not having a leading a smear campaign against her. Maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't a number one. Maybe it was a number two, and there was a smear. Maybe that's oh, what. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, honestly, she's just oh, just trying to fertilise the plants in the uh, in the community garden, says Sally. Stupid thing. I just yeah, don't really know. annoying. Don't like the um. I don't like Sally. They're just making her out thing, to be stupid. I think stupid. my problem about this right is that Coronation Street likes to pride itself on its history of strong women and role models, and you know, focusing on women's issues back when nobody cared about making women main character of anything. But their track record currently with middle-aged women is to make them laughing stocks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Like, um, it would be really nice if we had a character who was seriously going into local politics because actually more people should be interested in local politics because if we cared about that, imagine what we could achieve, Mm. you know? And instead, Sally's just a stupid meddling middle-aged idiot and I know, the same so they're, with Gail. they're Gaelifying her, aren't they? And then Deirdre was going that way as well. But if you but think having... about back in the old, you know, it was, we had there were some really strong role models with local politics, and they weren't butts of jokes. And is it a coincidence that those characters were all men? I'm finding it slightly misogynistic. What? Who was the politician? I'm thinking about like Len and um and what's his face, Alfie. Alf. Well, no, but but we did have um. Uh, Annie going in for for mayor, wasn't she? Yeah, Annie Walker. Annie Walker, yeah. Yeah, but that and was Deirdre, yeah. She was a okay, can I tell you that Annie Walker was also a bit of a figure of fun because it's like, oh, who she thinks she is? She's pompous. Do you, you see what I'm saying? It's like when a woman does something, 
isn't it funny that she's got ideas above her station? When a man does it, it's just like, oh, let's do a story about what it's like to be a mayor. I don't know. Can you see what know. I'm saying? Well, I'll tell you that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's a real shame what they're doing with Sally at the moment. She, she, is, she is a funny character. I mean, the thing is, when they, when they had her running for politics before, it was a bit of a joke story, wasn't it? And having her have this... Um, the campaign video and everything online and, and the fact that she was so blind to what her potential constituents would want and everything. It was funny, but I, having her dress up in, they might as well have given her just a false moustache and a pair of, you know, Groucho Marx glasses and a, or something when they had a dress um, in, incognito going to the hospital uh, the other day. And then it was like last week when she jumps out from behind the plant at Tim and everything. It's... It's just a bit sad. She just turned into an idiot and it makes it kind of annoys me because out of her and Tim, he's the idiot, but he's somehow scraping by and she's the one that's the butt of the joke. Mm. What did you think about the um, the fact that um, the, 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 the cliffhanger last week where she was like, oh, Tim, I'll never forgive you, was resolved so quickly? Were you, were you surprised at that? Were you happy? Do you think that Tim should have been sweating a little bit more? Because... As, as much as I thought it was silly, I, I did feel it was quite nice that they had them bonding again at the end of the, the Monday episode over, over the bottle of wee. They could have done that without the in-between crap, but then what would they have filled the time with? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, there, there was there was the mystery of um of the arrest, wasn't there, which I, I thought was a, a good attempt at... Um, you know, building tension about what's going on, you know, with a dream, and then the people are talking about the paper. It, it, unfortunately, it was it was a, a bit too obvious about what had happened. But well, unfortunately, it was also like couldn't be more out of character for her if they tried. The the whole thing with her kicking at the vending machine, resisting why would arrest. Why she be doing that? Well, the, the thing is, why would she be doing that? Well, maybe she desperately wants to see Tim. But like you said earlier, I, I don't believe that a police officer would... when when you're, If your husband is having a triple heart bypass, I think it was so insanely insensitive of the police to pull this woman away from the hospital. And go, um, no, no, you've got to answer for your the, crime. You, you, in you weed in the garden a, a month ago. A month ago, even. Yeah, you get to that station right now. Explain yourself. We we got we got um yeah and and uh, the, the police are very busy at the moment we know which is uh, why Craig gets in trouble for his his crutch shenanigans well, they're probably, later on. They're probably like Craig. We cannot afford the lab time for you to be looking at fingerprints on this crutch. We've got to analyze the DNA of this patch of wee. <laughs> yeah, they probably have. Haven't they? They probably got a it's test either, tube of it back at the station. It's either a puddle or a, a litmus test we need on to it. Know. <laughs> Honestly, because that wants us to tell us tell them what's happened. This is important investigative work. Yeah. And I then, would... and then, and then uh, Craig starts going, now, I remember I saw Sally at approximately 10.30pm. And at that point, she'd had three white wines, a bottle of cider and an orange juice. Can you remember what approximately the capacity of the puddle was? Because I can work out from then approximately what time of the night it was, and then go backwards and see whether that's the amount of liquid that would have been in her bladder. <laughs> you let me know what's the average capacity of a woman's bladder of that age. Actually, we can do some tests on her. We can feed her up with some water and see how much she can take before she weighs. Yeah, we got her in, we got her in custody for 24 hours. We can do what we like with her. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's, that's let's get Let's get investigating. So... Are we just going to take it that Maria's going to just storm through to victory in the election now? I think I think um, she's 
Can we just say she's boring and she wins and we never talk of it again? Oh, but my predictions, don't my predictions about Toy about Spider coming back and Toy and everything, it's gone. Well, it's a shame that you didn't predict that in the writers' room, isn't it? It's a shame. It's a shame I didn't predict. Well, I'm sorry. I'm in. I'm not in a good mood with this storyline. I think it was rather stupid. Yeah, it feels like it's maybe. It can take a break now. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't I know think... how long Tim's going to be in hospital, but there's no point predicting. No, because they said I... he was coming home today. Oh, did they say that? Or tomorrow or something? He's going to be home next week, yeah. and he's going to be there. And Elaine and and Sally are going to have the whole mother-in-law. Daughter-in-law, snipey snipe snipe, and then Kit, Tim's going to be there. Actually, the source of all the problems, acting like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, and the jokes again going to be a misogynistic take on how women can't get on with each other because we're all a bunch of raging bitches. And look at how cool and laid back Tim is when he's peeing in a jug again, <laughs> unable to wipe his own ass. He probably will. He probably got to get used to it at hospital. He probably got a taste for it, didn't he? He probably just start weeing and hope that somebody comes and... He doesn't have to get up holds. off the sofa when he's when he needs the loo in the middle of the football now. Brilliant. Sally, can you bring me over the jug, please? Oh, dear. Anyway, so that wasn't a great story. How about the Chesney and Gemma and Bernie stuff? Browns in the red. Shall we just Let's remind everybody look. that we do actually like this programme? We do. It's great. Coronation Street is awesome all the time. Um, so, Dev and Bernie, they've had a nice night together. They're going out and everything. And Dev wonders on Monday, is it time that we make our relationship official now? What? Where's the best place to go to make family announcements? Face drone? No. Speed oh. dial. So, Bernie invites the whole family around. Paul's not particularly keen because he's quite enjoying having time off of any stories at the moment. Though when Bernie tells him about her and Dev are going to, offic- going to be official, he's like, oh yeah, fine, I'm dead pleased for you. Sounds good, mum. Um, meanwhile, we have got Fizz seeing Hope's sweets fall out of her bag. Those ones that she uh, bought with her reward money from, not reward money, yeah. you know, uh, right. her hush money from Clint. Um, and, and Hope says the same story about them being from Tyrone. Um, and later, Bernie tells Hope, you need to be careful with these sweets. I know where you got the money from, from them. And the best thing that you could do is to stay away from Joseph and keep quiet unless you want this to risk, risk this all coming out. So Bernie thinks that she can, um, you know, she get have to have Hope round her little finger, doesn't she? She reckons that she can um, stop her doing whatever she wants and blab into the whole world. But There's... fortunately, Hope is a criminal mastermind. Exactly. Quite a few times also in the storyline, people take the kids to one side and go, look, I know you've got secrets. Tell me what the secret is. Very important. And then they say, thank you for telling me the secret. Right, now don't tell anybody, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, so we have the speed dial scene later with the, with the Winter Alahan clan. They make the announcement. Gemma's quite surprised about it, but Ardy kind of already knew anyway. Everyone's cool with it, so hooray, wasn't that a lovely announcement? Um, later on, people have all sodded off. It's like Christmas all over again, wasn't it? But this time it's with, uh, with Devon, Bernie and Ardy, the only ones left over at the end. Uh, Bernie tells Ardy that Joseph's having a bit of a hard time lately, so maybe you could maybe let him come over later and play on his games console. No. I, 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 that's not a reward really is it we've all seen Ardy's games console from when Sharon broke in there last year and it's it's not got the best exclusives it, it does I think Microsoft got... has bought up all the developers on Ardy's console and it's just left with the real you know terrible Correct. studio it's got rocking all around the galaxy <laughs> what is it called well this is what comes out on Wednesday doesn't it because Ardy brings his console around to number five later Joseph's having a lo- lovely old time and um 
Well, Joseph loves the game, doesn't he? On on Monday and says, "Can I buy a game?" And she says, "No, I'll see what I can sort out." Yeah, yeah, and and, and so she she, she comes back with him. this game, and you're oh, what was it called? I wrote it down um, earlier. It's um, all of, yeah, all around the Milky Way. <laughs> that does that, that sounds, sounds like, like an edutainment game. title, it doesn't does. it? It sounds like. You need to take 500 milligrams of silver iron and iron to the outer edge of... <laughs> it was not a very um, excitingly drawn box art or anything. I, I have to say, I'm sorry for whoever was doing that. Which one of these elements represents silver? <laughs> Click. Oh, you got it wrong. An asteroid. Hit your spaceship. It, it did seem like that kind of game. It was like um, it was it goes, low effort, but just pew, just as pew, all, all of Ardy's games were last come. year. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, if Joseph got a chance to play on a, an Xbox, I think it would blow his mind. He'd be there on his headphones telling everybody that he's going to shag their mums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's um, so sweet and innocent. Don't spoil him. Anyway, so Joseph's got this new uh, game from Bernie, which is basically an attempt to get him to shut up. Well, that doesn't work out. He probably plays the game. He's like, this is rubbish. I'm going to blab my secret all around the milky way i don't i wanted all around all the way around the milky way too that's the one that's out now joseph tells hope about this game who immediately blabs to evelyn about it because she's she's, yeah she's jealous that he's got this game and she's just got a load of um sweets that have fallen over the floor probably also covered in traces of sally's wee she says um can't sell those now so so evelyn takes the game and says right i'm giving this to chesney see what he thinks i thought it was going to turn out to be some like 15 rated game and the old um liberal bernie wouldn't have cared about giving it to him but no i like this because i think that um uh evelyn did the right thing because she says to chesney um where'd he get this from and Apart from worrying whether he stole it, they also she also says, "Is he being groomed by somebody? Is an adult giving him these things?" Mm. Which is very a very good point because he disappeared for a day, yeah, and now he's reappeared and he's keeping secrets and he's got he's got mysterious gifts. That's a sign to look out for. Mm. So um, they ask Bernie, and she obviously lies about this because she's trying to keep quiet that she's got a load of money um, from Clint's. And she says, oh, yeah, Joseph said he found it. And Evelyn says, hang on a minute. He said said that he's borrowed it from a friend. And Evelyn can tell. (laughs) Evelyn is the only person on the streets, I think, sometimes, that actually can recognise when somebody's lying. Because she she knew about Hope as well, didn't she? She (laughs) Yeah, she's got everyone's number. She totally has. She says, look, you're not being honest, Bernie. Where'd he get it from? And Bernie has to admit that she was the one that bought it and Chesney is livid about this she's like this isn't what you should be spending your money on Dev gave you a raise you should be spending it on you know spaghetti hoops and turkey twizzlers our favourite food and Evelyn's like hang on a minute Bernie's got a raise I work at that shop too well I don't get a raise and what do you get it for anyway sleeping with Dev I don't think there's an industrial tribunal. Rah, 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 rah. So she's she, she's kind of ends up. The next scene we see with Evelyn is her coming into work late. She's like, I don't care. Uh, in fact, I've just been. Oh, oh I, I can't. She didn't. She hasn't talked to a reporter, has she? I'd, no, she, she threatens. went to death and she said, I'm going to go to. Um, yeah, she says, I'm going to go to tell everybody about um, your dodgy dealings unless yeah. I get something in return yeah but she maybe she's able to back down after getting a um afternoon off work so she's easily uh, bought really isn't she Evelyn? i tell you what i found annoying here is chesney telling a grown woman old who's older than him aka bernie what she's allowed to spend her money on and what she isn't it's one thing saying don't give my son a computer game without asking me first mm. that i could understand i'm not saying you got better things to spend your money on 
yeah. my other children. <laughs> Let's not forget that Bernie doesn't need to live with them and help them with their childcare and sink every penny that she owns Very true. into helping them. She's got a job now and I'm pretty sure that if she wanted to, she could live with someone else. But apart from that, were you pretty cool with Chesney this week? <laughs> I thought it was actually quite quite cool, yeah. <laughs> no, lies, lies. Awful He's really laid Chesney. back, I think. Awful. Um, so, yeah, so Evelyn gets the afternoon off work, which is lovely. So she goes back home and um, fizzes up. Evelyn. She she goes back home to number nine and fizzes there and is confused because she's been up to the attic and she's like, there's, there's a load of crisps and, and cans and that up there. What's what's going on? The uh, the wheels are turning in Fizz's head, but they're not connected to anything, are they? They're not. They're she's not. like, oh, I can't believe there's all this mess in the attic and the, the estate agent didn't say anything. Yeah, and just, she's like, Hope, you been up in the attic? And Hope says, it wasn't me, it was Ruby. And Fizz is like, no way. I can't remember what she says, but it's like, you, you think that there's a point in the week where somebody says, you didn't realise that there was a kid living up in your attic. And yeah. And that's like, yeah, that is a bit silly, really, well, isn't also, it? She accuses... People going up and down the attic all week and nobody noticed. She accuses Evelyn of doing it as well. And Evelyn's like, um, unless I got bionic hips, it yeah. wasn't me. <laughs> so if, if Evelyn can't do it, how can Hope? Oh, exactly. Because let, let's be honest, it's not a massive house. That landing is not going to be big enough to put a ladder down without anybody, with you know, inconspicuously. I don't think there's any house I've ever been in where you can pull a loft ladder down and, and it doesn't knows. immediately inconvenience every <laughs> single person who wants to get down the hallway, right? And also, it's not quiet, is it? No, they all go... Because yeah. they're the slidey ones, the metal grating or, against metal. Or the ones that fold out, even those make noise. Yeah. So I, think I want to know where she's buying this loft ladder from so we can get one. <laughs> this silent, invisible loft ladder. <laughs> maybe they've just got like a um, a rope that you get in PE. Yeah, oh. maybe maybe you're just going in and out of the um, out of the the dormer window, whatever it is. Yeah, what is it called? Yeah, the, the Velux at the top. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so that that's all going on. I'm lost where we are now. Right, so Dev. Um, so, so Fizz, Fizz does not buy this story and, and Hope eventually starts to cave. So Dev finds Bernie later and she, she's annoyed about... No, he is. He's annoyed about her telling Evelyn about this pay rise. And yeah, which like, she hasn't given Now I'm about to give an Evelyn the afternoon off. Bernie says, look, she, uh, she, she tries to hide the truth from Dev because she's feeling guilty. She, he, he thinks one thing about her, but she still feels guilty about the other thing. And, and Paul's overhearing this. And when Dev leaves... He says, I don't think that you're not telling us, Mum, what's going on? You're broke. How come you've got how this can, money? How come you bought this game? You, you couldn't have afforded it. So Bernie has to come clean to Paul. And he's like, I cannot believe what I'm hearing here. If this comes out, it's going to look like Jesney and Chemma are in on it too. You, Gemma you, and Chesney. Chesney and Gemma are in on it too. And you're getting, you 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 got them, I've all this stuff. Well, it's going to be bad, isn't it? It's it looks terrible. like you're a bunch of scam artists trying to... Get money out of people. Yes, exactly. That is what it, and she's people, like, oh, everybody dear. will think. So, well, that's why we don't Fizz, tell them, isn't it, Paul? You Fizz marches are. Hope out of the, the house and tells Bernie and Dev that she's been talking. And she says, right, Hope, you tell us what you've done tell me is going on. And at this point, we think, okay, so it's all going to come out now. But And Hope's, no, she's got her own... Agenda. Um, agenda on this, isn't she? She, she says, Oh, Bernie made us hide in the loft and gave us money not to say anything. You sneak. <laughs> Love it. That was so good. Um, so Deb immediately calls her out on this, and but Fizz believes Hope, as does Evelyn. Bernie says, Look, I had nothing to do about Joseph's disappearance. So she is involved in it some way and she's trying to cover something up, but there's this isn't this little <laughs> curveball that well, she's she... now accused of harbouring children in people's attics. She keeps sort of going. I didn't know 
or have anything to do with it at the time. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but also I want people to stop and think about what they're actually saying. Like the logic here doesn't follow, does it? Because they're accusing Bernie of hiding um, a child in someone else's attic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never mind. <laughs> And I think he, I think she could come up with something a bit better. Yeah, so they're they're having this uh, this long drawn out confrontation there on the street. Get, oh, Sorry, yeah. Abby's just wants somewhere to go. Uh, Abby's That's what all the crawling is. all over us at the moment. Um, okay, so um, Bernie, yeah, Bernie's saying oh, I had nothing to do with Joseph's disappearance. They don't believe her. She says uh, she just did all this for the reward. And Fizz is like, right, I'm going to call the police. Dev's like, I think that's a good idea, actually. And we will, we will clear Bernie's name by doing this. So Bernie is forced at this point to admit the truth. Hope looks very guilty about being caught out. And then when Dev... Well, yeah, the truth is, she knew yeah. after. She knew after. But but And, and she took half of Clint's money because mm. he's the one who came up with the whole idea. But she just took the money to not tell the police. Yes, exactly. And Dev is like, you are a disgrace. I'm disgusted with you. He mentions again that Bernie, he gave Bernie, how could you do this? Pounds. And somebody else also mentions later on in the week, I gave money to that. I gave money to that fund. It was um, Beth, wasn't it? Yeah. I gave money to that fund. It's like, did you, did you, Beth? How much did you give? Because actually, um, Bernie gave back 16 grand, right? Which was half. Yeah. And um, Yasmin put in 29,000. Dev gave three. Dev He's, gave three. Keeps so on that saying goes, that. Yeah, exactly. So that goes to um, 32, doesn't it? Mm. Right. So what? how much did you give? <laughs> a couple of quid. I, I like how they they brought Beth back just for this one scene. It's like, we, re, we need an irate, knocked off neighbour. Who's really good who's at that? Really oh, Beth. Who's really unsympathetic? Who's a really judgmental cow? Yeah, Beth, Who can we put in three different... Um, uh, leopard prince <laughs> in one outfit anyway um the, the bernie says look i did all this for chesney and gemma their skin and every day is a struggle for them and you you can you kind of see where she's coming from a little bit can't you? i completely see where she's coming from but she was dodgy wasn't she she did dodgy stuff dev and dev says look we, they you need well, to give the money we, we need no, to give the mad. money back He's yeah. not saying, oh, look, give the money back. He's like, you're a scum of the earth. Yeah. You have to return the money. That's my money. £3,000 of it's my money. <laughs> yeah. So this this carries on past sunset. But I don't... Yeah. They're, <laughs> They're just, just all just around. standing there in the street for, for hours uh, on end, it seems. Creeps but anyway, Bernie is begging the kids to tell the truth at this point. The police arrive and Fizz and Bernie are asked to come down the station. So Fizz comes back later. It seems to have all gone okay for her anyway. And, and she says, look, Hope, are you really, really sure that you're telling the truth here? And Hope says, absolutely, Mum. I, I, it was definitely Bernie. She's the one what, what hid us up in the attic, actually. And Evelyn says, "Oh, it was oh, only Joseph." Me, sorry, yeah. Evelyn Joseph. says, "Oh, yes, yes, it was Joseph." Me sorry, no. yes, Joseph was the one that was hiding in the attic. And Evelyn says, "Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bernie ended up in prison." And she's trying to kind of make hope um, open up, doesn't she? And um, it, it does work. So anyway, Bernie comes home later. Released pending further investigations. She's not allowed to stay there, though. I oh, know it does. No, sorry, I say it she doesn't work. She goes into. Ge she goes back. I can't remember what. She goes back to Gemma and Chesney's house, yes. and she's all sheepish and sad. And Chesney's there being horrible to her, and she oh, says, yeah, "I'm just going to pick my stuff they? up." And um, it wasn't me. And Chesney's like, oh, "Sorry, I don't believe you." Why I think would it children was you. lie, especially Hope? 
And then Bernie says, actually, I think you're fine. But Joseph never even said a word about it. It was all that weirdo little cousin. Yes, that's Which I right. thought was brilliant because there are very there are not enough adults on this show who have got um, a, a grudge against Hope, considering like how much havoc she's she's wrought upon their heads. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like I like the fact that Bernie's like not afraid to. I'm sure in real life she would have used a slightly different phrase than weirdo little cousin. <laughs> Um, Chesney tells Bernie to sling a rook and you're never coming back to this house again. Thanks for all the free babysitting and food money though. Yeah, how long is it going to take him to regret that decision? How long is it going to take him to realise how much she was doing? Mm. So Friday, Bernie's having a bit of a moat with Paul. Don't have cafe, I'm going to say, if I... That's usually where these kind of things happen. She says, Joseph is my only chance at the moment. We need to get him to admit what actually happened. So um, this is when we have the Betsy and having a go at Deb in the cabin saying, oh, you cooked this whole thing, this reward scam up with your not-so-fancy piece. How dare you? I put money into this fund. Then Evelyn jumps in to defend her, and uh, uh, to defend him, sorry, accusing Beth of slander. And Beth leaves with the flea in her ear. But um, I've enjoyed Evelyn this week again. I think... um, Yeah. But I think um, Beth was an important character here to let everybody know that that's what the general consensus on the street is, that Dev and Bernie were were hatched it together... Mm. To, to steal this reward money, although why anybody would think that Dev would... No. That's the thing it about was... like, all these rumours and stuff, is that they're very rarely based on any... It was unusual it. that we didn't see any of the Nazirs in today's episode. Because I yeah, they're going to be saying... What, what, yeah. Are they going to try and... Yeah, who are they going to give all the money this back? this would not be as serious, serious as it is, and the stakes would not be so high, if Yasmin had not put £29,000 in. Yeah, it'd just be a couple of thousand, and Dev would get his money Dev, back and yeah. it would all be sorted, yeah. Um, and it wouldn't, and nobody, who would accuse Dev of being in cahoots with Bernie to steal half of £3,000 mm. that he put in? It doesn't make any sense. Clint's also been noticeably absent this week as well, hasn't know, he? Clint's Considering it's, a lot of this is revolving around him. So um, Chesney and Gemma still arguing about Bernie. Paul's on his mum's side there as well. He's, he's, he's weighing, weighing in. Chesney says, look, I just cannot forgive her for trying to profit from our missing son situation. So later on, Bernie goes to the shop, though he even tries to stop her seeing Dev. He says, no, no, it's fine. I will talk to her. She's, she's trying to apologise to him, but he's like, no, I'm not accepting it. What you did was wrong. Um, she says, look, I've given you part of the money back. This makes it all right with us, doesn't it? I, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've done the right thing. And he's like, no, you don't get this. And you're fired as well. So sling you you're not allowed in here either um back at number five joseph stomps downstairs because ches and fizz have still been out arguing about bernie and joseph knows that she's innocent and all that so she's like oh it's not her fault she didn't do anything and he he's able to um at that point chesney is able to get the truth out of him and he says yeah yeah yeah, he says it was hope who tried to hide me in the attic um uh bernie had nothing to do with not to do with bernie Fizz still refuses to believe that her darling Hope, who has, um, you know, is as honest as the day is long, Governor, would be telling a lie about this. But um, Chesney does, and then uh, it turns like this is absolutely on form. I, I think, in, I think, in the end, doesn't uh, Fizz come round to the idea well, she, grudgingly because it's, it's yeah in the face of mounting evidence. So um, Bernie finds this out later. She's chuffed to bits. Um, because it means that her name has been cleared. But Gemma says, well, true, but you're still in Chesney's bad books because you did, you, you were telling massive porkies about this whole thing, weren't you? And Bernie vows to make it up to Chesney because she really, really, really wants to be chums with Chesney. She Who wouldn't? She wants to be beholden to this 
ghoul of a man and his ever-growing family of angry, yappy mouths. Like, he looked like a, like a blackbird's nest full of yawping beaks <laughs> trying to steal spaghetti hoops off you. Making a mess over the floor, so Chesney has to do some angry hoovering at the end of the episode, doesn't he? Girl. I like the fact he picks this hoover up as if to say, I do housework too, you know. Yeah, look at this. Don't believe you. Slapping around the, like, uh, the wire. Chesney, you've got to plug it in. <laughs> um, anyway, so that was that story. But my I... question is, what happened to All Around the Milky Way? Did Joseph get to keep it? Yeah, that's a good point. Or did he take it? Because I've always wanted to play that game. <laughs> well, if you go up to the, the local computer Jane's shop, maybe you'll find... Joseph's copy in there that you can get for a bargain price. Maybe. Mm. Um, anyway, so did you did you enjoy this one this week? I kind of thought it was okay. I, I thought it was more interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. Um, I How's felt it, bad how, for Bernie. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your stance on Bernie? Like, nobody really, nobody sympathised with her at all. And everybody's taken her for granted. Like, why is she an indentured servant living at, the, at um, Chesney's whim? You know what I mean? Mm. Why didn't she just say to him, look, I love these kids and I wouldn't wish harm to any of them. And I love it. You know, I, I've been more than happy to work my finger to the bone, but I'm not doing it anymore because you're an ungrateful sod. Yeah, I I, I, I have some sympathy for her, but I, I am also thinking you shouldn't have taken that money from Clint. You've kind of got yourself involved in it now. It why would, At the end of the day, though, why would you have not... Because it's £16,000 and you could feed that family for years with that. They're how frugal they are. I know, I know. But I, I think just because, well, maybe she, she the, the thought of being caught and especially the fact that a lot of it came from Deb and, and yeah, everything. But, the, yeah. but also, I said this before about the money. If they found Joseph without the reward money being used, a bit, uh, being needed, where would it have gone? Mm, yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I just think it's I think it's awful that nobody's I don't know just re- just find it really annoying to watch this family struggle and it's, it also seems to me that Gemma and Bernie are the only ones who who are saying we're 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 not coping here we need help we need money we need yeah, something Chesney's and still Chesney's refusing. just like wrestling with a Hoover yeah in the front room and and shouting at Bernie you know if it's down to morals and, and feeding your kids it's perfectly clear where Chesney lies on this equation and Bernie's the complete opposite. Yeah, he he you know where he would lie on the would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving family? He'd go, no, and I'd happily watch them all starve to death <laughs> while the bread goes mouldy on the side. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Anyway, well, that... I know that a few people have mentioned, um, you know, part, part of the motivation here for Chesney is that he obviously had a hard time when he was a child. He, um, social services was involved. And um, that's the thing, when you're in a kind of family situation like this, social services are very rarely seen internally within the family as the saviours of the of you know the situation. They're like yeah. the enemy that are going to come and split the family up. So when he's thinking social services, he's not thinking, oh, good, they can help me. He's thinking, um, you know, I'm being... Uh, invaded by by this evil force who are going to rip my family to pieces and he also doesn't want people to to know that he can't provide for his family and he's also probably got his nose put out of joint by the fact that Bernie thinks that she needs to steal in his mind this money to help provide for yeah. for the family yeah. yeah that's probably what's um motivating him but it doesn't make it any easier to watch him be so sanctimonious no, no. Just want to introduce you. We need to watch Le- Le- Les Mis. 
Why? Oh, get some, take a, take a leaf out of Jean Valjean's book. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for this story to have a bit of a break now. I don't know whether there's one where's coming. The, where's this helper that was supposed to come from social services? Yeah, that's a good point. Right, um, Lion in the Cougar story next then. Um, back over to you. Well, we, Jenny is still trying to do her trick of doing the makeup before Leo wakes up, but she sneaks downstairs and he's already there uh, trying to make her breakfast. And <laughs> she's kind of caught out a little bit. So she t- tells Debbie about this, saying, oh, she, I was all wrinkled and blotchy and pillow, whatever. And Debbie's like, you're, you're nuts. You don't need to worry about it. Um, and then she says to Leo, well, I'm really sorry that I looked estate this morning. And he's like, oh, no, you look really dead sexy, which is nice. <laughs> Carla comes to the pub later and she says, Kate's been in contact with me and she's having money troubles because you haven't sent the money that Kate is owed from Johnny's will. Everyone's just flipping whinging this week, aren't they? Well, also, the only time you ever hear anything about Kate, it's, where's my dad's money? Yeah, where's my dad's money? She's still doing it from and halfway around the world. The, the other spoilt child of the street, Sophie Webster. I hurt my wrist. Oh, I fell off a moped. Oh. <laughs> you know, like the most annoying, like they've been on a permanent gap year, the pair of them, walk, running around on their mum and dad's money. Yeah. Haven't they? Everyone else has been locked down since 2020 and they've been exactly. gallivanting off around the world. Yeah, breathing on everybody, probably. <laughs> Jenny says, oh, I swear I'll send it to, to, um, to her as soon as I, get, I just get a minute. And Carla gets peed off and says, you need to start thinking more about your family and less about this fella of yours. Then she comes back later and Jenny's still in a snit with her. And she says, I phoned Kate, I sent her the money, everything's all right. And Carla says, I apologise, but I'm worried about this thing. Um with Leo, is it is it a bit inappropriate? Are you avoiding confronting your own feelings about Johnny and stuff? And Jenny does not want to hear this. And she says, keep your mouth shut. Let's not forget about you and Daniel and Adam and all that stuff. And Carla goes off, you know, defeated. Later on, Leo returns to the pub and uh, Jenny tells him what happened with Carla earlier and perhaps they're going a bit fast. And he says, okay... I'll I'll slow things down, but he doesn't look happy because who would be when they've got some hot stuff like Jenny waiting in bed for him? With a pint. <sighs> Back of nuts. <laughs> On Wednesday, Jenny's all done up to go to see Leo play in the rugby, but she changes her mind. She says uh, to Daisy she's decided not to because maybe Carla was right and she's not over Johnny yet and she should end things with Leo. Jenny, uh, Daisy tries to get Jenny to change her mind, but then the phone rings and she thinks it's Leo. And Je- Daisy's got the phone, and then she's like, "What's that?" Yeah, she's He's going to down a um, well. She's trying to drop Jenny's phone in a pint of beer, doesn't isn't she? Yeah. At first, because Jenny's going to use it to phone up Leo and dump him. But apparently, Leo's had an accident at oh, rugby, no. and he's unconscious in the hospital. So Jenny's desperate. She's suddenly completely um, beside herself with worry about about. Uh, Leo, which obviously shows yeah her depth of feelings for him, and she rushes off to the hospital to be told he's fine. He just needs some stitches, so she takes a seat and then realizes, oh my god, there's a guy here from school. I thought he was nice. That what was his name. That was Teddy, wasn't it? Teddy. You commented on this earlier because there's a Ted and a Teddy. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, so yeah, she sees uh Teddy. You reminded me of Phil a bit. 
he was nice, wasn't he? He's like, yeah. oh my God, it's Jenny bloody Bradley. I've bloody fancied the pants off you, you <laughs> sexy cow. What are you doing later? Do you remember? Oh, I remember your mullet. Whoa. Yeah, oh, do you remember when your mum got run over by a car and then your dad got run over by a tram? <laughs> um, yeah, Has he's... any other family tragedy since then? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, so he, they talk about her flashing her pants on a school trip. Oh yeah, she gets and he, yeah, caught he, over the fence or something. He tries she? to, he tries to ask her out, and right as that happens, and she doesn't, she's like, she doesn't know what to say. Leo walks out, and they both stand up, and oh my god, she realizes this guy is Leo's dad. I made that prediction. I said, Yay! didn't I? I said that Leo's uh, dad would be somebody that knew Jenny. I was really pleased. And Can I, I just that point one, out right? that he obviously doesn't care about rugby? Because Jenny went to go see Leo play rugby before, and uh, that's Teddy, never been Teddy there. No, there. that's very good point. Yeah, um, I, mind yeah, you, I, I don't think I'd turn up to my thirty-year-old son's rugby match every <laughs> Saturday with you. No, um, I, I thought the uh, that Jenny's reaction when she uh, she found out as as painfully obvious as it was as soon as we saw this guy at the hospital uh, that's going to be Leo's dad isn't it the actual moment that Jenny finds out was um quite a picture I really thought this was good because they could have like made this tediously over outdrawn out story about him getting mad and then Jenny has to win his favour by inviting him to an awkward dinner at the Rovers and then she makes a few faux pas and then in the end he says, I don't care as long as you're happy, blah, blah. Yeah, you know? He just like, went straight to, bloody hell, lad. He's like, you give her one from me, son. <laughs> yeah, boy, you got the brothers. <laughs> well, if it's not me, son, I'm glad it's still in the family. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, she's, she's a bit, she's feeling a bit cringy about this, but both Leo and Teddy think it's great um, but then back at home Jenny tells Leo she wants to have a word and then she puts it off to later because she sees Carla lurking about glaring at her um, Leo says I might move in with with my dad because I'm trying to get a flatmate to come and move in with me but the last guy came with his own snake and asked me if I could he, he could heat up his rats in the microwave so I'm not really sure that's going to work out oh yeah oh, defrost the rat rats Gemma they didn't need to be heated I think they do need to be a little do they? I don't know I can't, a bit look, warm otherwise I've the snake's never, not interested they go oh it's a bit cold I've never um brain freeze snake brain freeze Anyway, Not a rat pop. Jenny then like sees Carla, and Carla says, "Look, I'm really sorry. I said this. I'm still struggling over my dad's death. I can see how Leo makes you happy. Maybe you should make a go of it. Life's too short. You could end up down the sewers, dead before you know it." Out in the back, Jenny says, "You know what? I realised. I don't want to say things down. Why don't you move in?" What Jenny... a threesome with you and your dad? She's probably thinking. <laughs> Doesn't even ask Daisy, who seems to be happy, but also looking a bit pensive about something, which I think is just her um, non-existent love life. Yeah, I she's, think that's kind of where it was going, after wasn't Daniel. it? On Friday, it was going well between Jenny and Leo, uh, but he gets called away from work emergency. Probably another sinkhole. <laughs> oh yeah, I if forgot. I, was... I forgot that was his job. If even I was though that's Leo, his I wouldn't... sole purpose. If you were Leo, would you go? Yeah, I think I'll move in to the street where. <laughs> yeah, the structural integrity of the street is um, not the best. It must have been completely gonna... fixed then, because he wouldn't be seen dead there if it was yeah, a chance. Yeah, he could people... collapse in any. Even they just really must love Jenny. Maybe he likes living on the edge. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's the got like. Of... Uh, suicidal tendencies uh, yeah. he's just hoping at any moment it might just end everything why did they need redundancies anyways because they've they filled up all the sinkholes now and there's nothing for anyone to do 
oh yeah, because he comes back and he said he's being made redundant. Maybe it's because he did. He came and investigated the sinkhole. Yeah. And the next minute, you know, man's dead and yeah, he's moving he in with his widow. Well, they're widowed. Does that that seems a bit suspicious? Actually, I don't think I'd make him redundant. I think I'd investigate him. Yeah, that's very very true. This looks so <laughs> suspicious. It's the burning Clint all over again. So yeah. Ronnie says to Jenny that they're good together. He's lurking around, looking buff again, with his with That's his tea. All he does at the moment. Lurks isn't it? around. He's drinking, done, and drinking tea. Name? Ronnie hasn't done anything apart from lurking, looking buff He's for the past twelve months. Lurking, nearly. drinking tea, or lurking, drinking rum. Yeah. So back comes Leo. He says that you might have heard this previously in the, in the street talk section, but I've been made redundant. Now I can't afford to pay rent. What I'm gonna have to move it back in with my dad. And Jenny says, hey, you've written parents here. I, I know, assume... I thought I, I thought I forgot that. <laughs> I assume that um, Teddy is Mrs... just trying to get Bradders as a bit on the side. Hopefully not. Um, yeah, so Jenny says, don't worry about it. Why don't you uh, not worry about it while you're job hunting? And, Je- and Daisy's like, huh. Then she shows Jenny a bunch of pictures of Grand Canary and says, I could go there, but I have to pay rent. How come I can't have a rent holiday? And, uh, and Jenny says, no bloody way. I'm not giving you one as well. Um, it's a totally different situation. You haven't been made redundant because of your bad ability to spot imminent sinkholes <laughs> appearing left, right and centre, even though that seems to be the only job. You keep your bloody mouth shut. Leo listens in and then he says, "I." he comes in and he says, look, I don't want to be a freeloader. I will get a loan from my dad. Hooray. It's like... <laughs> Um, anyway. I also, I also find it quite funny. I mean, I guess this is what you would... I guess this is what happens when you're both kind of single and attached adults and you decide to, to move in with each other, is that one of you pays yeah, rent. But I guess so. I think it'd be nice to have a grace period of a week <laughs> before you start getting out your calculator and telling me how much I owe you for a slice of bread. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about um, Carla's accusations this week then, that, that Jenny's still just... I just, just... thought somebody went, oh, we haven't had Carla in it yet. What should we do? You need to have like, somebody having a mope like, about something, having a bit of a whinge. Oh, my dad's Beth, dead. yeah, Carla, yeah, chuck them all in. And then the next day she's like, I know he's dead, but I guess I got over it. <laughs> yeah i i still can't i still just refuse to see leo as a permanent character so i'm kind of thinking that they are just eventually going to go down the route of uh of jenny this just being part of a grieving process but I but then on the other hand i mean she, she really fun. does seem into him doesn't she i thought it was kind of sweet but i i think i'd have preferred to just go off They're with really his dad instead does yeah maybe that's going to be the story maybe she's going to have an affair with leo's dad that's not, that's so popular for you it just feels to me like there's a big gaping question mark over this. There, sh- there needs to be a conversation which got completely brushed under the carpet when she started kind of crying about the fact that she could, couldn't, can't give him a child. And then he said... Oh yeah, that's not been mentioned since. But it? I love you, I don't... You know, I, but I love you. But he never said, I don't want children or maybe we'll adopt or mm. don't worry... I'm sure I'll move on from you before <laughs> I run out of sperm. Mm. Yeah, no, nothing's happened there. That's still well. That's because she's going to well, be pregnant, still, clearly, isn't it? Yeah, he's he speculated that first. I don't know, but I think it was just a said, general internet theory. Hmm? Wouldn't it be interesting? Could be, but I just I'm not I don't, I don't really care for Leo that much. I don't think that he's that charismatic a guy. That's so, but he does a rugby. I know. Um, I just I thought it was odd that um, Leo didn't realise that Jenny was the same age as 
his dad. I know, I know I think... that he was. She was. He obviously knew that she was older than him. Maybe she didn't you know tell him exactly how old she was. But I think there's there's an age there's such thing as an age gap. But actually going out with somebody who could well have been in the same year as your father at school, surely that's going to make you think, nah, I don't think so. I know, but that's the thing is, weird. though, to me, like, the majority of adults are in three categories. There's the ones that are younger than me, the ones that are older than me, and the ones that I think might be around the same age as me. And if you're older than me, as long as you're not, like, 80... <laughs> I've got no clue Fair how game. old you. Oh. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how old you are. I wouldn't even guess. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Maybe yeah. just like she's just older than me. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. But she is she is so youthful looking, of course, isn't she? I just I don't I don't know she's, how she's certainly looking um, more well looked well uh, looked after than his dad. He was looking <laughs> a bit grizzled. Well, you've got to look after yourself if you're a woman. Worn away the by the ravages of time. By the field. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind this story. I kind of, whenever this came up, I was like, oh, oh, fine. It takes, makes a change from the stupidity of Craig and his crutch and miserable Chesney. What is Leo going to get a job as now? I presume he's Pop man. got kind of some qualification involved in seismic activity. <laughs> what he's a geologist, is he? I don't know. He must. Is I he think... like a civil engineer or something? I thought he was really smart, but then he starts playing rugby and getting knocked out. He's losing brain cells left, right and centre. <laughs> no, I, I, I wonder whether he's going to go pot man for a bit and um, he go down the hole as the cellar instead. And falls down and knocks himself out again. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, what else we got? Oh, speaking of Craig and his crutch, let's talk about this then. Speaking of losing brain cells. Yeah. Um, so... <sighs> <laughs> I can't even bring myself to talk about this. So Craig, um, has, as we remember last week, sent uh, the crutch off to the forensics lab so we could find out who it is, so he could win £20 from Tyrone. And Faye's telling Emma at the beginning of Monday's episode that they need to intercept Craig's email so that when he gets told about it via email and then nobody's going to mention it ever again, they'll be able to get in there first and, and, and stop it. So she, so Emma's like, oh, Craig, can I borrow your tablet to do a bit of internet shopping? And he's like, yeah, that's, that's fine, whatever. But later on, Craig's getting a phone call from his forensic friend. Oh, there are other ways, Gemma, that you can be contacted by your work colleagues. But that's not what they're being, he's being contacted about. He's being told some pretty naughty news. Well, no news about how he was naughty. Um, he needs to go off to the station to get a good dressing down from his senior officers about wasting police time. Good. Can well I, done, Craig. You I, should you should get in trouble for this. You at pillock. the beginning of the episode, at the beginning of the week, he is being told off for having questionable professional integrity. Yeah, what's he doing by the end of the week? He's crying, covering to, up a murder. Who is it, Faye? Yeah, he's literally in tears to Faye, saying, "You don't understand what this job means to me and how important it is to not be a bent copper." Like, cast your mind back, just. It's five days, Craig. He is massively... This has been kind of a running joke since Craig became a policeman, isn't it? How ineffective he is. And this just shows it this week, twice in one week. He's just completely incapable of doing his job in a professional manner. <laughs> he needs to be strung up, you know, by his ankles and flown like a flag outside the police station. Is that what they do to them? Yeah, he'd be able to now he's lost that weight. He'd just be fluttering there. Flapping in the wind. Yeah. Um, so Craig's off to work on Wednesday. Uh, 
Oh no, sorry, I missed. Off. No, I don't know. He's 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 he gets he a dressing just gets down, in trouble, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's lucky just to have a job. So Emma and Faye kind of grinning themselves at the end of Monday because they They're think great that friends. this is all over. But so he goes off to work on Wednesday. You've got to give Tyrone his twenty pounds first, though, because so he had he a lost bet the bet that he yeah. couldn't find out who the crutch belonged to. Yeah, and he did because so. it's, uh, apparently the the lead, which seemed more promising, which was the person who was in charge of the list of patients, went. No, I can't give you a list of patients who haven't brought their crutches back because that goes against all of my moral principles. At yes, my we're job. not all massive blabbermouths. Some of us take Some our profession seriously, Craig. Maybe <laughs> yes. you should learn from me. So no, he um he goes off to work. So Faye's left alone with Emma and and um it transpires that they Hence have released the Ted's body. Um, are you going to get it on um, vinyl or? <laughs> Cassette. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting a digital download with limited um, the same readers. <laughs> so um, anyway, they released the body, and so it sounds like the investigation's winding down now. We could be in the clear, but no, the storyline that will not die, unlike Ted, um, comes. Craig comes back this home later. Lasted longer than Ted did. Yeah, that's very true. Um, he comes home later and he's and it looks like from Ted's body that his injuries suggest that he was knocked down. And maybe that's what caused the blood clot that killed him. Well, he so, says it's probably that. May, yes, may well be. I mean, it's not going to be, is it? I, I don't know why no you way, said this. I have no way going to believe that they're going to have Faye or Emma end up as a murderer. I really, I don't agree. I think that it's quite possible that that's going to... Because they didn't actually... Are they throwing a... these characters under the bus then? Certainly not Emma. It's all I... just an accident. Hmm? It's all an accident. Yeah, but... They... I, I don't, I don't I know... like it. It, it. It's an accident, but they didn't do anything right. about it. They're trying to, you know, pervert know the course of justice, con... la, la, la. I know it's all contrived. Um, and it's a bit silly. But of all the silly contrived soap storylines where things spiral continuously out of control, this is the one that I actually buy the most. Because mm. it feels like Faye and Emma together are like the worst combination of two people who don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. You've got Faye who's devious but not very smart. And you've got Emma who's just super trusting and will go along with anything anyone says. Yeah. And then spend the rest of the time completely undermining everything because she's got a sudden bout of conscience. Yeah, I don't think I'd pick either of them to be involved in my heist that I was planning on the bank of Weatherfield. No. So anyway, well, we'll see what happens I'm really there. interested to know what will happen with Imran in this. If, yes, if I know. They're mentioning him, aren't they? They brought him up they again. They brought him up, the fact that he knows... Well, that was on Friday. Let's wait Sorry. until we get there anyway. So, um... um Faye's I just, terrified I just, at this point. Yeah. I mean, let me finish Wednesday. So she's going back to jail. She knows it. What about her? that fake nail down the sink as well? Because you haven't forgotten about that. And Emma says, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. But she doesn't look convinced. Right, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I, I guess I just um, can empathise with this crushing terror of doing something that you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, And just definitely. being haunted by a stupid mistake and thinking... We've all done that. I can't believe I've done this. How am I going to get out? <laughs> Luckily, this? when most of us do that, it doesn't involve somebody dying and then you covering up a, and uh, leaving and, a uh, fingernail in somebody's drain hole. Yeah, yeah. Or or people rehearsing um, Pirates of Benzance in the street tangentially as well. Usually, that doesn't happen. I haven't seen it happen recently. <laughs> so today's episode, then on Friday, um, 
we, we hear about Faye's upcoming appeal hearing. So this is going to be on Monday's episode, I assume, to find out whether she gets to stay out of prison. Um, and Craig has to reassure her because she's getting a bit worried. But when he goes, Emma talks about going to Ted's funeral again. So this is happening today. Uh, Emma really wants to go along to pay her last respects for him. And Faye says, look, we are really pushing our luck with this whole silly storyline already. I don't think that's wise, Emma. Sorry, love. But um, Emma just can't help herself. She's reading Ted's eulogy in the paper. Tyrone comes in wittering about glass eyes in the gloves box or something. This is something that really gets my goat about Coronation Street sometimes. Characters telling stories about funny things that happened to them today that actually would never happen in real life. I mean, Mary's the classic one for that, isn't she? Like, really, Tyrone, did you find three glass eyes in your glove box? Really? Anyway, um, eventually... He, man he notices that uh, Emma's looking upset and um, she says, oh, one of my old clients has died and it's his funeral today. And Tyrone's like, oh, now that reminds me of somebody that I knew that died. And he, he kind of plays this, this massive sob story about the fact that there was nobody at their funeral. And uh, obviously this has just been put in there to make Emma feel totally guilty about potentially missing Ted's funeral and convincing her to go. So um, meanwhile... Um, so so we find out later on that uh, Emma has gone to the funeral because Michael saw her going there. He tells Faye this and Emma's like, crikey, what am I going to do? Faye um, says crikey. Faye says crikey. Those exact I quote. And uh, we're, we're going to get caught. So um, Emma kind of... <laughs> no, go to Craig. Huh? Craig sees Faye in the cafe. Yeah. And says, oh gosh, they found out who... Um, Oh, no, they're, they're going to get the delivery guy and he's going to do an e-fit of the person that was seen at the flat. Yes, this e-fit. This, uh, this one that looked identical to Emma, apparently. Yeah, Let we... me show you this. And and it, it shows you this picture that literally could be anybody. And well, says... he starts off saying this, this this alien has beamed down onto the planet. Oh, that's a bit that's a bit harsh on Annie, Ali Mardell. But when they pull it out of the... Uh, shows it on his phone it's like that doesn't look like Emma at all it's not even a full face is it it's like the hair well, it's the eyes the nose it's wearing a, it's the, the face is wearing a baseball cap I think oh yeah but yeah that's right but this... no you don't see her chin which is ironic later because Emma when she's trying to hide her identity from uh, Ted's grandson all she does is pull the scarf up to her chin so well, everything that say... was in the photo was still right on display yeah what was the most distinctive bit of that picture it's the eyes so she's like <laughs> I'll cover everything but my eyes but yeah, yeah this I think I thought this get put everybody in a bit of an awkward situation here I don't know who came up with this concept for the, for the plot but you can't draw a caricature of Emma um, and to have everybody remark about how it looks a bit like her. It looked nothing like her. Craig's like, oh, it looks like an alien. Hang on a minute, it looks like Emma. And I was like... That's rude. Doesn't look like either. But anyway, it's enough to put the willies up, uh, Faye, obviously. So um, we see Emma yeah, steal herself was, going into the church. Comical and... how little it looked like anybody. Yeah, basically. Um, so, but but it's it's uh, it's enough to make Cray break down, and she uh, she's like, I can't take it anymore. That is Emma. <laughs> she was at Ted's flat, and Craig says, What is it? So it was Emma who killed Ted, and she's like, No, I did. So dramatic, and Faye's kind of gabbling on. It's all her fault. She's she's the one who made Emma keep quiet about it, and Craig is like, doesn't know what to do. He's like, You need to tell me everything we thought maybe because you know he's a good police officer and he's just trying to get the full story but no of course not um meanwhile we have emma at the funeral um ted's grandson is there 
um, future boyfriend alert? Are we thinking about this guy? Well, whenever I'm at a funeral, I do exactly what, what he did, was, which is to find somebody and go, oh, God, I'm glad you're here. This, uh, the, my granddad's funeral is full of old crinkly bastards who are about to pop their clogs. Yeah. At least you could be my friend. Why don't we talk to each other about... Um, my granddad and how guilty I feel about the fact he wasn't here. And one thing he said to me before he dies is that he hopes he gets to eat one last ginger nut and that he's really sad that he's very slow at crossing the road and he hopes he never inconveniences anybody. <laughs> Speaking of the ginger nuts, I think that's what Craig is most concerned about when Faye's telling him the story about what happened. He's like, what? There's, there's a, you're a, you're a ginger murderer. What the hell? She, he's, uh, he's, she, she kind of telling him. Basically, the more she tells him about this story, the worse it gets and the deeper the hole that she's digging for herself. There you go. There's something for Leo to investigate, Gemma. She's, um... well, she's just like, he's asking, how do you know her? And how did you know him? And she's like, oh. Yeah, but she, tell, she tells a bit of the story where she hit him and that's bad enough. And then goes back to the flat. And then she reveals that they went back later and found the dead body. So they knew no, all no, about it. No, no, hang on. It. You're talking about, I'm talking about her. <laughs> I'm talking about Emma and the and the grandson. You're talking oh, about Faye and yeah. Craig. We're not, we're not listening to it. <laughs> I don't like listening to you. Um, right. So anyway, Craig finds out all about this. Meanwhile, Emma gets a text from Faye with this picture from the Gazette website, the, the e-fit of herself. And it says, Police seek mystery woman after OAP death. Weatherfieldgazette.co.uk. This is on the Gazette website. Get out of there now and delete this message. They'll never find out. Faye learnt all the tricks from her spell inside. Delete your messages, you'll be fine. They can't trace you. Um, so Emma Emma desperately starts trying to, to hide her face with her scarf. And this guy's still going on about it. How about tragic this whole situation is. And I'm so sad that my granddad's popped his clogs and everything. And, oh, we wanted to be cremated. But then my dad said that they wanted him buried just in case the police need to dig him up again for evidence. And Emma's blubbering away there. And this guy's there's just kind of touched. Yeah, no, so, you so, really so sensitive. My yeah. Because I can't... What did she say about how she knows him? Just like as a neighbour or something. I can't remember. It doesn't matter, does it? So, um, Faye is digging and digging away. Um, she says, oh yeah, just one gets more worse. thing. It gets worse. Just one more thing. Emma was maybe a little bit drunk when I hit this guy in the car. And, and... Craig's like, don't worry, as long as nobody knows. Uh, Imran knows. We told Imran. Yeah, yeah. Craig, so, um... Craig at this point is crying and I thought he, he went, he got, uh, his reaction was too um, intense too quickly because he should have saved his tears for later on because it just got worse and worse and worse. But he started crying immediately. As soon as he heard this, maybe just mad because of all that time he wasted on the crutch. I think he's because they. Ne- can I just say they never? He, she never went. He's the guy who had the crutch. He still doesn't know this, Craig. No, I know he's, he's, he's... going to be mad about that. <laughs> he's going to want that twenty quid back. What Craig is most worried about is that he's he's the guy with the loosest lips in the whole of the street, and now he's being told to keep a secret. And if he does blab, as per you know, as form. As, uh, yeah, he's got for, yeah. Um, he's he's gonna get in, he's gonna get his girlfriend in trouble for it, and no more nookie for him. Yeah. So, what's he gonna do? Gonna have a sit on a bench? That's what. And um, is it David finds him there and says, "Oh, you're looking sad, Craig. Yeah, Faye's Faye's dad's in hospital, isn't isn't he? That's um, a bit rubbish." One thing oh, that Faye said, sad. which is a good point, 
and I can't remember if she's lying or not, which is basically, it, it was Ted who said, don't tell anybody. I don't want you to call the police or have anyone fuss over me because I don't want to go into a home and I don't want people to think I can't cope with my, for myself. Hmm. And it was my fault because I shouldn't have walked into the road in front of your car. Yeah. And um, so she's kind of like saying, oh, and Ted wouldn't want us to get in trouble. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't really our fault. Because that, I mean, really at the end of the day, it was an accident. Um, and... Whether or not Emma was um, drunk or not, I don't know. But she couldn't have stopped Faye from hitting him. No. Because she doesn't have dual control over the car and she can't access the brakes. No, the guy just came and out And he came nowhere. out of nowhere. And if she had been driving and she was fully sober, she probably still would have hit him. And Ted didn't want to phone an ambulance. And so he would have died anyway. And who knows whether or not if the ambulance was called, he would have died you know, mm. so just all the deception afterwards. It's isn't all the it? deception, and now they've pulled Craig in. Although, yeah, Craig's uh, managed to convince himself that it's not so bad, really, because at the end of the episode, he uh, he comes in and announces that um, for once he is not going to blab to all and sundry about this. He's going to keep their secret, although he is rather mad about it. Well, this is what he says to Emma and Faye yes. because Emma gets home and finds out mm. that um, that Faye's said this yeah yeah, and we also you also mentioned that craig was sitting on a bench but this is when david finds him and yeah yeah, no i said that i mentioned i know but i don't think we i don't really know how that conversation ended but it did well it's mostly just i thought it was just craig saying oh yeah it's it sucks that Faye's dad's in hospital isn't it that's that's what it is really and it's to it's kind of making um craig see you know Faye's already going through the ringer at the moment good job nothing else is going to come and make things worse for her hey craig Hey. And, and that's what made Craig makes Craig um, decide to um, go against his Felician oath. Yeah. So um, that that was that maybe he'll shut up really. about that bloody crutch now. I think he's given up on the crutch now, although it's probably going to come winging its way back. I don't think that anyone's going to bring it up again, which is annoying because I would have liked to have seen him when he finds out that all this time he's been banging on about this crutch. It's been the crutch that was owned by Ted. They better say but something I, I about it because I've invested a lot of time carpet. in this crutch in the last week. Maybe we'll have to see. So what do you reckon's going to happen? I mean, Faye's got a hearing on Monday. I'm assuming that she's going to be let out, do you think? She's going to be told she doesn't need to go back in the clink? I don't think she's going to get told she has to go back in. But I just don't know where this is going to go. I think Craig's going to end up... Um, like messing up at work or something. Craig, and then... Craig is utterly Teflon. Didn't he get a little bit in trouble um, over the racism thing last year about... Um... I can't remember how, how no, that ended he, up. No, he, he was a pariah because he dobbed his friend in. Uh... his friend, but... Okay, so he's in trouble already a little he's bit about... He's not in trouble. No, he's in trouble about the crutch thing for yeah. wasting police time there. And I think, really, if they were to launch an investigation into PC Tinker, he'd be out that door, wouldn't he? I think he's going to have a bout of conscience and he's going to mess up at work because he can't stop thinking about how terrible it is and he's going to blurt something out or he's going to do something and then he's going to get fired and then he's going to mope around. I hope so. I hope he gets watching fired. Watching old episodes of Columbo. Police officer. Anyway, I, 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 I quite liked, I have to say, the twist when it came up about the bruising maybe pointing in the direction of this car accident being the thing that killed uh well, I just Teddy think of, it's obvious it's the car accident that killed him 
It could have been something else, couldn't it? Well, it's a bit late to find that out now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, last... I think think that Emma's going to get close to this grandson and then she's going to confess to him. Yeah, And then he's going to say, oh, it's what he would have wanted. He would would have wanted hit by a car after being chasing after a packet of ginger nuts. He always wanted me to have a girlfriend who was a bit on the lam. It it really, really does look like Emma and uh, this this other chap are going to get together. But then, but then that adds kind of a bit of long termedness to this story, and I don't think it's really got the um, what it takes to 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 keep going much further. It's only like four weeks old, and I'm not that invested in this being a long term, like. You know, I mean, it, it's no Christmas. Yasmin and Jeff, is it? It's no um, Ollie's got mitochondrial disease, and it's certainly no Seven Nina hate crime attack. It's just a bit silly, and like I think we said at the time, the fact that they're they are making it a bit comedic in parts just doesn't make it makes it difficult to invest in because it just makes people doing silly things and making making jokes about it. What's going to go on with this nail? Do you think that they're going to um go and try and recover it? Well, maybe if she makes friends with the grandson, he'll be like, I need to go and clear my granddad's stuff out of the flat. Oh, and then, yeah, of course. And then he'll go, oh, I'm just going to take this to the car. And then she'll go, oh, I've nearly got it out of the thing. And then she'll hold it aloft. And then he'll come in and go, what's that? That's it, Where Gemma. did you get it from? You and then it. there'll be a cliffhanger. And then the next time she'll, she'll go, oh, it just fell off my hand and he'll go but the rest of your fingers don't have nails on it and she'll go oh yeah <laughs> oh i'm so stupid i must have lost the other nine down oh, there as well they've gone. what have you like right Gemma, daniel lydia daisy go on monday lydia sees asha and amy and tells them how much she supports their protest oh yeah because this is the end of the um skirt and issue story isn't it which didn't go anywhere that was literally a one or two week story about upskirting sold that everybody let's get back well to... at the end of last week mrs crawshaw said let's do consent workshops right yeah and then on monday this is when lydia's like well done everybody you're great and amy says um oh Remember that thing about the love poems and you writing and Mr. Mr. Osborne and, and Summer and everything. And Lydia's like, what, what are you talking about? So she asks a bit more about, about this when she meets up with Daniel and he tells her all about the accusation. And Lydia's like, uh, I don't know why you didn't tell me about this. Mm. And she gets her nose put out of joint. So she goes to the pub and Sarah's there Um. And he and Lydia saying, I think about, I'm thinking about ending things, about all this stuff I didn't know about. And Sarah says, well, his love life has been a bit of a car crash. Daisy's listening in and says, actually, he is a good man. And there was nothing going on between him and Summer, which looks a bit defensive. So Lydia Mm. cops round to Daniel's flat and says, you know what? You're a lucky bloke you are because I was talking about you earlier and Sarah and Daisy were both standing up for you. Um... And she's kind of she's kind of uh, suspicious about why Daisy is so defensive. Mm. But she also says, "I agree with them. You are a good man, and I'm going to stay." Yes. So, on Wednesday, Daniel's looking for Lydia at the factory, but she's at the chiropodist. I wrote, I wrote down this, Gemma. This is very important. She's with at the chiropodist with Finn. Yeah. We got to remember that's going to come back. It's now, does Adam have any point. any reasons to be going to the shoppers? Is this oh, yeah, it's covered in corns? Um, Sarah digs um, for more information about how the relationship is going, and she says that Daisy's been singing his praises to Lydia, 
Um, but then the phone rings and it's Peter or something. So Daniel goes to the pub, sees how Daisy's doing. She says, oh, I missed you. Then Lydia walks in and she says, oh, as a friend. And Lydia's very suspicious again, drags Daniel back to the flat again. They, Daniel and Daisy give each other a look. Back at the flat, Lydia is making small talk. She's asking him how come he's not going out with Daisy anymore. Yeah, she likes that. I think still hold really the torch for you. you and like, exa- yeah. Etc. Um, and he just kind of keeps giving these wistful looks, and so does Daisy. Um, and at separate points during the week, on Friday, Daniel tells Max that he was expecting to see him at the consent workshop, and Max says, "There's nothing to do with me. I, d- I didn't have anything to do with upskirting. I don't know why should I go to a consent thing." I didn't do anything wrong. So Daniel has his lunch in Victoria Gardens and Daisy finds him and he's saying, well, so I don't know what the point of having these consent classes are because only the kids that go to it are the ones that already know what they're supposed to do, not the ones that are naughty and need actual consent classes. Well, I I kind of thought that Mrs Crawshaw was um, making them mandatory. They should be mandatory, otherwise they're absolutely useless. Well, they they were able to put them together quite quickly, weren't they, as well? When was it? Was it Friday she yeah. said, we're going to have consent classes? And and, yeah, yeah, anyway. later, because so, teachers have got plenty of time for just no, it's easy. putting Knock together, it together whole courses. Yeah. No means no. That's it. Um, Daisy says, look, why don't I help you with my power of social media? Why don't we do a TikTok? That will help the children learn not to touch one another. Or take photos without permission. Well, yeah, it worked when Summer put the Instagram uh, post about her school the other week. Yeah, fight back. Fight fire with fire. After school, Lydia says to Daniel, oh, I've got some tickets for us to go do a poetry slam in town. And Daniel says, oh, sorry, I've got to go do some... What is a poetry slam? I think it's just when people angrily make up poems at each other, (laughs) which is understandable because poetry's rubbish and I would be angry if I was forced to do it. (laughs) It's like, it's just people politically talking in rhymes. Okay. It's not even good, it's not even good poetry. It's like, not limericks or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Every so often I just sit by myself and I think about poetry and how much I hate it. (laughs) Really hated poetry, didn't you? You did whatever you could to avoid it in your English degree. I nearly didn't get um, my qualification because I didn't do enough poetry units. Because I was like, why? (laughs) Anyway... She, he's like, oh no, I can't go to this poetry thing because it's boring. No, I can't go to it because I've got a social media thing with da- with Daisy. Um, don't worry, I don't fancy her or anything. Uh, later on, they've sorted out the consent thing. <laughs> they've done loads of TikToks and everyone wants and to tweets. go to it now. Everyone's like, brilliant. Tell me more about why you shouldn't put your cameras out your girl's skirts. Exactly. He says that he's in her debt. Then Daniel tells David he sees he sees um. David and Max, when he, he basically says, Oi, how come you weren't at this class? And Max is like, oh, I don't have to go. And David says, actually, da- Max, you do have to go. I-, I promise you, Daniel, he will be there at the next meeting. And Max is trying to get out, out of it. And he says, oh, I'm not a perv. And David says, I don't care. You're going whether you like it or not. So this is kind of linked to David's rape, isn't it, a few years ago? And that's probably why he's quite mad about it and insistent that Max goes, because David is like saying, this is sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, this is all going to come out, I'm sure, in some heartfelt scene when it makes everyone feel awkward. Yes, because Max doesn't know, does he? No, I don't I think so. Later on, um, Lydia comes in to the pub and Daisy and Daniel are still having a giggle. Mm. And she says, we're supposed to be going to this poetry slam. Are you going to come or not? And he um, goes and they both still have a lingering glance. 
Yeah, so and Daisy's well. laughing because who goes to poetry slams? Mm-hmm. But mind you, I think she likes a poetry slam about as much as Daniel would have liked going to the influencers party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I also I'm not really sure I buy Lydia being into poetry. Well, she was reading that book um, that he liked the other week, didn't she? So we know that she's what uh, book. No, she was. Do you remember? She was reading a book at the bistro, and he comes book. over and's like, "Oh, I've read that oh, book. It's I've, great, I've isn't read it? book." Yeah. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, it just seems like this is a, um, a little stopgap before Daniel and uh, Daisy inevitably reunite, doesn't it? I just wanted to get on with it at this point, really. Well, I'm sorry to all poetry fans. I'm sure poetry is fantastic. Okay. So, as I suspected, that was quite a quick street talk this week. It kind of feels like not very much substantial happened this week. I, I mean, am it was glad... Like... Because I am sick and tired of some of the heavier discussions that we have sometimes, which makes me feel like I'm ranting into a void about things that are not really necessarily my yeah, place I don't, to talk I don't about. think we'd said anything no, that's going to no, get us in trouble this week. There's no big discussion here. There's no issues-based storyline, really. I mean, you know, the preservation of hobnobs is an important one, but... I think we all agree that you shouldn't run over old men yeah. and leave them to die in a flat. I think you're right. I think and you're then right. hoover. I mean, you should hoover up before the man dies <laughs> if you're going to do it at all. So, I mean, out of all those stories, I don't know which one I would say interested me the most. A lot of them had silly elements to it, and obviously there was so there was Sally having a wee. Ridiculous. And 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 this isn't the first time that we've um had a go at Ian McLeod for his wee fetish seems to be. That's, what are you saying? Well, they they they, they, That's they a bit harsh. Well, they had the big pile of poo. They had tiny wee. the tiny okay tiny the horse having a wee. They had as well. Um, I'm sure there's been more. I don't think I don't. Are you make it sound like we're regularly t- okay, talking no. about Once it? Once or twice we've mentioned. It. I can't remember. I can't. I'm sure we've we've pointed out before. I don't. That I think been you're too being much wee in coronation unnecessarily harsh here because I think humor. bodily functions are a well-worn part of British humour. <laughs> the, the, the joke is, though, of course, that nobody in soap operas ever goes to the toilet. They do if it's in a jug or in a garden. Mm. Then we had the, the Bernie story, which was okay, but, I mean, the fact that it was linked with Chesney and Gemma just made it a bit like, to me, and I, I'm still not absolutely loving Daisy. Um, not Daisy, Bernie. She's fine. Um, oh, the I Jenny, love Bernie. The Jenny story was okay, but it felt very kind of B-story-ish, didn't it? And I don't really like Leo. One thing I want to say about the Bernie thing was that it did feel, at the end of the week, Bernie was like, oh, good, this part of my story's over, everything's back to normal again. And it didn't feel like that was no. justified at all no. by the fact that everything has gone completely wrong. And also, what are the police going to say? I mean, if they try, if they like dragged Sally out from the hospital by her dying husband's bedside, yeah, what are they going to do to screaming, What are they going to do to her? <laughs> also, what are they going to do to Joseph? Because there's no doubt in my mind that he did a wee up in the attic. Do you reckon? Absolutely no doubt in my mind. <laughs> um, so we had that story, we had the Jenny story, which I, the, the, my my scene of the week this week by far was Jenny realising who that guy is and when, uh, when Leo comes out of the hospital there was the Craig story and there was the Daniel one which was kind of fairly nothingness so I, I I don't think that I can give this any more than 
um, two first edition Shakespeare's for 10p in a charity shop <laughs> out of five. I like the fact that Daisy thought that was remotely possible. Oh, no. find. Um, I, I didn't I didn't find it as bad as you. I thought... Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just I think found... it was very kind of bleh. It was like not particularly exciting. I was outraged at the audacity of Coronation Street to expect me to buy any of what happened with Sally this week. I find I don't like having my intelligence insulted and I don't like having characters act completely contrary to very well established yeah. personality types that we've just you know for, just this for has drama been for or years. Laws. This has been for years and years and years, Sally has been the same, and there's no way. No. There's no way that she would do that. And there's no way that most middle aged women would do a wee in a in a park round the corner from their own house. <laughs> I just want to keep reminding everybody this. Round the corner from her own it's not a simple matter to do a wee if you're a lady and you're wearing trousers, which I, th- I assume that she was because she normally wears trousers. You have to balance and everything. And when you're a bit drunk, I think you'd rather just sit on the porcelain throne and do it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think so. Um any, yeah, any so I'm characters give it... of the week oh no oh sorry you haven't scored it, have you gone? I'm going to give it three bionic hips. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. So I think three is, this, is a pretty is this good. Is Blanche's Polish hip? Do you think it's, that she's she bequeathed to it to the street? A versus between the two. I think I'd rather a bionic have a hip and the Polish hip. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I I found some people very irritating this week, but I think that we're supposed to. I think you're supposed to hate Chesney. I think you're supposed to think, um, oh gosh, Emma and Faye, you pair of nutters. You know, it's supposed to... Sometimes Coronation Street entertains and hooks you in by irritating the hell out of you. <laughs> and that's what the tactic was this week. And I'm going to give my character of the week to Bernie. I thought you would. I mean, I think we're supposed to have a lot of sympathy for Bernie I don't Bernie know. I'm starting week. to feel guilty about how sympathetic I am towards Bernie because I... You know, am I just a scallywag at heart? Because I don't know how much she did that, that evil and wrong. It is a lot of Accepting money. Accepting money that she didn't believe was... Um, should have been coming her way. But it was to feed us. It's a victimless crime. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not going to give it to Bernie just because I'm, I'm not... I'm, I know, you've said it before, Bernie. you don't need to keep going uh, on. Uh, sorry. Um, I'm going to give it to... Um, I think I think it's going to be old Bradders again, actually. Oh, yeah, old, Bradders, old, yeah, okay. Nicker Flasher Bradley. Yeah, um, I am. Oh, yeah. I am, She's as much as I, I'm, I don't particularly... I'm not thrilled by the character of Leo. I am very happy to see her happy. You um, know what? I just I wish, you need... prefer that she was happy with Johnny. I think you need to give Ian McLeod a compliment sandwich because you've been very rude. You want me to say something else good? Say something else good. Um... Uh, I like Jenny Bradley. You're too con- obsessed with we. And... Um, oh gosh, I'm really struggling this week. I'm glad that it looks like Daniel and Daisy are on the cusp of going back out with each other again. That's not a compliment, but okay. <laughs> oh, I just—it's uh, just fine. It's fine. I've had a—I've had a busy week. I'm tired, so yes, I'm just having a bit a of a moan. Hard week this week. <laughs> okay, we? let's move on. Let's move on because there is news. There's news. So it's time for the cabin and uh, you know what Gemma, sometimes there are times when we come to the cabin and there's not very much news to talk about. And then you get the weeks where there's lots of little mini little bits of news to chat about. But then you get weeks like this week where a big old curry story comes along that I think is going to be um, quite a discussion point. So I'm looking forward to this next bit of the podcast to see what you think. Gemma, this news is... 
Amanda Barry would have been fired if she'd come out in the 80s. <laughs> Headlines, everybody. Hold the front page. Conversation truths been in the news this week. Sorry. I, 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 I was lovely speaking to Amanda Barry last week. Why did they have to pick up that paper in the papers? Well, yeah. I'm sure it was online. And I'm sure it's, uh, nobody really know, cared or noticed about it. But That story in the papers. That story in the papers from when I was talking to Amanda last week and I was asking her about being involved in an LBGTQ story on Coronation Street with Hayley and, you know, she was secretly a member of that. And uh, Anyway, anyway, it was very nice of some publications, certain publications, to link to us in their articles. But I think they all did at least... Um, say that it came from us but uh, never mind of course I jest that is not the most important storyline of the week uh, storyline news article of the week Gemma what are we talking about in the cabin this week changing <laughs> the times yes you've remembered this happened to be well I don't know why you're asking me this you don't even have the notes open you know what it's we're like talking about we're talking it's about like, um, you're like testing me I'm not testing you I'm just Coronation thought Street is moving schedules so that it's on for an hour instead of two half hour every episodes. episode yeah they are cutting down to three episodes a week which people have been saying for years they should do but the difference is that they're not reducing the size of the episodes because they're going to be an hour long and this... the production codes are still for two separate episodes yes there's lots in I've got I've got tons of notes about this so um so how it's going to be affecting most viewers is that rather than being 7.30 and 8.30 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's now just playing all the way from 8 until 9. And this is happening in March. I don't think we've got a specific date in March I thought it was yet. only March. I thought they said in March. No, no, da, it is. Da, 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 da. No, it is from what March is it's happening. This is a permanent change that we're going to here. So, Are you sure? Yes, absolutely. I'm sure it was only March when I... Well, you do you do a little bit of research when I'm reading these quotes from the ITV higher-ups, if you like, because we have got ITV's Managing Director of Continuing Drama, John Whiston, saying, with Coronation Street bursting at the seams with fantastic story and character. I'm sorry, you're not listening to Street Talk this week, have you? The new format gives the show a brilliant new canvas on which to shine, and Emmerdale will do what it does best in this new time slot. Oh, yeah, so the, the other thing is that we've got Emmerdale that's now going to be on for half an hour every day, because Emmerdale's always been daily, or you know, as for the past few years, but now it's that's coming on at seven thirty every day. There's going to be a news show at six till no six thirty till seven thirty. Then it's going to be Emmerdale seven thirty till eight, and then Corrie on those days from eight till nine. Anyway, John says um, new time slot where viewers can continue to enjoy the dramatic goings on in the Dales. And then we have ITV's managing director of media entertainment, Karen Ligo, adding the nation's two most popular continuing dramas, Coronation Street and Emmerdale, are fundamental to the success of ITV. And we know that as with all dramas viewers increasingly watch them whenever and however they choose the new scheduling means that viewers can watch them live on tv in one go in a continuous soap fix as well as on the itv hub where they are regularly in the most watched shows every month yeah so this seems like a um just a bit of a push to get people to watch them on the hub don't they i mean I, I know that they're trying to go that way trying to get more people watching online but this seems like saying well if you don't like where it is you can always watch them on the hub yeah, i don't watch them on the hub if you don't like i don't it. think it's saying i mean i hope it's not saying that we are also going to be releasing them on the hub before normal but tv it hasn't says that. that i mean do you think that there's any chance that that's what they're that that's going to be like the second you know that's going to happen i what what do you think it's going to happen at this time are they no. just kind of stealth not, not announcing March. it yet 
but it feels like it's maybe a bit of a stepping stone towards that. I don't know. But anyway, Gemma, what was your reaction? We started having a bit of a conversation about this in the car the other day, didn't we? And we didn't want to... Um... Well, you started trying to talk to me in depth about it. And I said, don't talk to me now. Talk to me on the podcast. Save the opinions until Friday. So go on, Gemma. What's your thoughts? Tell me what your thoughts are. Why? I don't... Just, I've well, been talking okay, right. Remember, the, the thing that most people are noting in this change is that it inputs... Coronation Street up against EastEnders on certain days. Well, yeah, every day that EastEnders is on, it's either going to be clashing with Coronation Street or Emmerdale. And normally, there used to be this sort of tacit agreement between all the soaps, the big ones, we won't be on when you're on, because no. they don't want to be in direct competition. But this this real think... feels like a power move, like they're going for the kill, doesn't it? I don't think that... It, I, I genuinely don't think that that's their intention because if it is, it's incredibly arrogant and short-sighted. I agree. No, I don't think... I, I think that soaps work best when they're in competition with each other. Yeah. But not so directly head-on competition as this. The, the genre of soaps is precarious, as we all know, because of changing viewing habits. And EastEnders definitely seems to be in trouble more than the rest because its viewership figures have declined more than the other soaps. Mm. So if they want to try to get... I just think getting rid... Like trying to force the BBC to get rid of EastEnders would be a really stupid suicidal move for ITV to do because the the fewer number of people watch soaps the fewer number of people watch Coronation Street. I just think that it's yeah, all I mean, it's, in a little bubble together. It's not like the, all the EastEnders viewers, like if if, if EastEnders gets cancelled, which I don't think is going to happen, they're not going to all suddenly start flocking to Weatherfield, are they? And say, oh, well, we, we just need any old soap Coronation Street will do. It can't be that. I don't think, I don't think that they could hope that would happen. But the other thing is, aren't they revamping... The set. Yeah, yeah, they've just spent spending like... Spending millions. Um, tens of millions of pounds just but, revamping the EastEnders set. Also, and they've just lost Danny Dyer, who's one of their biggest names. Mm. And they're also under pressure, which you might not know if you're not from the UK, but there's been an ongoing discussion about the BBC licence fee for a good few years because people don't like paying for it, because people don't necessarily think that they use BBC services all that much which is debatable because they are so broad and some people don't really think about all the services they actually do use mm. or benefit from, um, whether or not they actually watch BBC One all the time. Because I can hold my hand up and say that I don't watch BBC. I think no. The only things I watch is Doctor Who, When You Make Me, <laughs> and Line of Duty, but I watch that on Netflix. But, you know, for example, there are lots of BBC things that get bought by other... By other yeah. Uh, entities and you know if you go on BBC Good Food for example and look at recipes on there it's mm. all the same thing so do you... anyway yeah. the, the licence fee has been called into question and it's going to be frozen for a few years and then they're going to look at scrapping it all together and if they scrap the licence fee suddenly the BBC has got to find funding elsewhere and perhaps that will come with a bit of cost cutting uh, as far as how much it costs them to produce programmes, and maybe they might start thinking about EastEnders, especially if this move to go head-to-head might affect them. Now, if you're BBC, are you going to go, screw this, let's put the EastEnders on at a different time? Well, I think that they've already said we're not changing anything. I think well, I, I saw I think an article somewhere with that. I think that it would be sensible to 
review that. I'd be very, I'd be fascinated to see what the viewing figures are like for the first week that they actually go head to head all the time. Because I don't think the EastEnders would come out favourably at the moment. No, I don't. But also I don't know what is the overlap, how many people watch all the soaps. Yeah, that's true. How many people watch EastEnders and Coronation Street. I don't know. And how many people, if you've made them pick, are going to pick EastEnders over Coronation Street or vice versa. Now, in its favour, EastEnders takes less t- of your time than Coronation Street does. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's because it's only four episodes a week, isn't it? And they're not even properly. They're not. They're not. I don't think they're are all they full back there. To full I can't remember episodes? actually, but I, I can't remember. But so if you're thinking, oh, I'm only going to watch one. Is it? Let's go for the one that I have to invest least. In. No, I don't know. I, I don't. But... I don't see what Corrie would have to gain because when there's no competition then they're not going to try and, you know, they're not going to try and innovate and well, grab the awards very, because they'll be the only one left. It's not that. It's just, you know, uh, yeah, they do force each other to... The competition is always going to be better for the consumer than it is for the companies involved in the competition, hmm. right? So from that perspective, if EastEnders goes, as a soap fan, perhaps the quality of soaps in general might dip because they're not invested enough in trying to outdo one another. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be ITV's dream, wouldn't it? To like in all the soap awards, it's uh, uh, Corey versus the Emmerdale, and that's it. it. And a little bit, a little bit of Hollyoaks. They, they couldn't be. I mean, if, if there's only a, a Corey and Emmerdale and Hollyoaks, then I suppose, I suppose Doctors. Is, maybe Doctors rises from the ashes of this one. I don't know. I just think that you you want BBC involved in in soap as a genre, yeah, to leg- carry on legitimising it and. You know, Coronation Street was the original TV soap. Mm. So it's not like I'm saying you, Coronation Street needs needs EastEnders to be successful. No. It's, uh, it's, it's very interesting times. But, as this, usual, is a, this is a power move. When anything, when, whenever anything significant happens, everybody starts screaming, oh, it's the end of soaps, it's the end of soaps. Now, I've had the similar experience in my career where the thing that I work on, if we change anything about it, immediately everybody starts to say, oh, they're doing it because they're they're, they're failing, they're failing, they're going to close, they're going to close. And they've been saying that about the thing that I work on for like over 15 years and still going. And nothing that we changed was because we were failing. It was because if um, that's what needed to happen. Yeah. To carry on succeeding. So from this perspective, you know, it's not a, it's not a sign of decline that Coronation Street is doing this, but it could very well have meant that that would be inevitable if they didn't. If you see what I mean. Yeah. And of course, lots of people are saying this is actually more convenient for me to watch it for an hour long because actually that half hour in between the two episodes is a bit of a waste of time. I know. I mean, it does feel like on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if we are watching live, which we generally do tend to, then there is a whole hour and a half that's taken up by Coronation Street. Well, yeah, it's a bit sad because you know, our Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are just Coronation Street days in this house, which I find a bit tedious, to be honest, because you come home anywhere between six and seven o'clock, and then I have to quickly scramble to try to get dinner ready because you refuse to eat and watch Coronation Street at the same time. I, I just can't because I've got and to then, take my notes. I definitely so can't if it's I've an hour. I've got to try to hurry up and either cook it too early or cook it in between the episodes. Yeah. But basically, from seven 
o'clock we're getting ready to watch Coronation Street and then it's on until nine o'clock and then you know about 20 past nine you're finished in your notes and so the whole evening's gone and that's obviously not a typical experience for most people watching Coronation Street but no. I still think it would be more convenient for me personally to go I've got till eight o'clock to get the dinner ready and eaten yeah I know I, I agree I think I think um that in that way it's going to work better for us I I don't really like the hour episodes as a a note taker just because I I I like the gap in between the two episodes to kind of catch up with myself and and if you kind of end up falling a little bit behind you know as we do with the Friday episodes which have been an hour quite a lot over the past few years then you know we we are behind with the social media tweets and and everything like that for for when we do this so i i prefer to half an hour but i don't think that most people are going to be in the same boat and and from the comments that i've read online about it that haven't been about is this the decline of soap i think most people seem pretty pleased to have it as 3 hours it's it's naturally it's more convenient isn't it now we were talking about another consequence of this is that Coronation Street is always written as two half-hour episodes, but occasionally they get smushed together, and I don't think it's always apparent to them when they're writing and planning it whether that's going to happen or not, and I think they probably don't consider it as part of their preparations because you just can't predict. Mm. But if they know that the two episodes are going to be basically one episode... Because the production codes are still going to be separate. Yeah, so it, it, I don't know how, how much everybody knows about how the production codes and everything for this work. But I mean, we had episode 10,000 a couple of years ago. Um, so every episode is given a particular number. But even when there's an hour-long episode on Friday, for example... When it's planned as when an it, hour. Sorry, carry on. No, when, on. when, when it... It's, it's, I don't think it's ever really planned as an hour. I don't think that ever particularly happens apart from, you know, around Christmas. But, like, tonight's episode was an hour, but that's got two episode codes. so And that's how they're going to carry on. So even though there will be three episodes a week now, there's actually going to be six episode codes. So we'll, we'll you know, where we give our episode codes at the beginning of the episode, it will still cover six episodes. That, I mean, that's a long-winded way of saying it. Because they sell these to other yes, to other uh, yeah. Coropedia did a little bit yeah, of um, research on this on on Twitter the other day, and yeah, they said overseas transmissions could still remain half an hour slots, and there may well be unexpected schedule changes which require half an hour transmissions. So they are still very much split upable into two episodes. But I also want to add too. I think that a lot of the 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 workflow revolves around chunking it to half hours yeah so so sometimes when you when you watch an episode that they put together as an hour beginning it will say directed by and it will have a bunch of names because they all directed the first episode and another bunch yeah. directed the second episode so yeah. each so normally one director will do one episode and a writer will do one episode and then the next half hour will be a different director and a different unless they're doing mm. like something back to back or especially. I mean, they they may they they've may done it well. In the past where you know they've had somebody do the whole week, but it's I think it's rare. They they may well end up moving towards writing them as one episode, but it feels for at, at the moment I don't writers. think yeah I don't think very much if 
anything at all is going to change in the writing, production, direction, or whatever of the episode. I, I think it's going to be business as normal in Coronation Street. Well, we so don't people, know. I, I don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't know for sure. But um, the fact that the episode numbers are being, it's being treated as two episodes, it kind of makes me think that that's where they're going. But, and it also means that you can't trust the episode numbers at all now because even when it was officially episode 10,000 a couple of years ago, that wasn't really the 10,000th episode. It was like 10,050 or something. It was 10,000 of... times they've had half an hour's worth of Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so when they end up hitting 20,000 episodes in, in, in many years' time, actually, that will only be 15 thousand episodes they've actually been in it and it, it's just a bit odd and I, I know it doesn't really affect very many people and the, the average well, viewer pays no attention about this it? it is but yeah i think that some people have been saying oh um if we're switching to an hour maybe for example they won't have any massive pointless cliffhangers in the middle um and, and one of the criticisms that has been um given to coronation street in their six episodes a week and uh, is it going to be seven soon well it's not going to be seven now is it if they drop them down to three but is that they they always put in these artificial cliffhangers to keep people coming back after paul o'grady for the love of dogs in the middle and 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 so they don't need to do that but i think they still absolutely will i think it's going to i, I, think, I really can't see how it's going to change anything i at think all it's going to change anything side. but i think it should it, yeah, oh yeah, but absolutely. Does this give an opportunity to you know somebody who might become a producer after Ian McLeod leaves, it's whenever he decides to? Um, yeah, they might say, "Well, feel, I Ian want McLeod to do something feels different like the queen with this now. now." You know, everyone's like, "Do we do the jubilee or yeah?" If they just if if I was the producer and I was coming in after Ian McLeod, I'd go, "Great, let's change everything." because um, I feel as though some artefacts creep their way into the episodes that that feel very much a result of how things are done now based on something that isn't even relevant to the way the show is consumed anymore. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like I don't know how they've... I don't know how they switched from five to six episodes a week, but when they did that, I think that some things have flipped through the cracks. Well, I remember when it's changed from five to six episodes a week, and we yeah, were theorizing for it was in the first few years of the podcast, yeah. wasn't it? And we were theorizing for ages about oh, what they're going to do with the sixth episode? How will it be different? Will they have it as a separate standalone episode where there'll be side characters that'll be given their own time and everything? And uh, at the end of the day, whatever you think about the quality of the show, it doesn't feel like there's been a, there's any difference between five episodes and six episodes. There's just not that it pesky just feels half an hour though, one. Yeah, the Wednesday's episode is more relevant now than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I think that the yeah. episode should be written by one person. I I would prefer that. But to I would happen. like to just say that they do a fantastic job of not making it obvious at all when the episode gets picked up. By somebody else in the second half. I, I think they do. A fan, the Coronation Street writers do a really fantastic job of blending in with each other. Yeah, and you can't tell, really. No, you. There are definitely signatures of of different people, and there are certain writers that I'll go. Oh, I. You know, this is a so and so episode. Great. Um, and they have they have individual flair but it's not so much so that somebody who doesn't really pay attention would go 
what's happening here this seems really odd mm. Mm. but i don't i don't know you know the pandemic's changed a lot of things and i think it's more difficult for everyone to get together and stuff i just think that i would like to have if they're going to change stuff let's let's change some things for the better too just as an you... opportunity to make things a bit more coherent and consistent i think yeah like for example sally metcalf doing a wee in the blooming <laughs> on new year's eve <laughs> so do, do you think on the whole would you would you say that this is good news or bad news that, that's happened it's that's a, hard a really one, difficult isn't question because i don't think it really i think it's um a mixed bag but i also don't think it's as revolutionary as everyone is saying I think the biggest thing to come out of this is the inadvertent clash with EastEnders. What do you mean inadvertent? That's almost, I just don't think that... that they did this on purpose. They, they would have the known what they were the doing. Doubt. Yes, I know, but I don't. I think they went, oh dear, you know, well, we can't help that. Do I don't think they, they think, went, oh, oh great, move. oh great, let's get, let's get them. Because they're all, they're all the same people at the end of the day. People work on all of these soaps. Yeah. Not so much the actors... They're, but they're very visible. But the people behind the scenes, you know, Kate Oates was Coronation Street producer for years, and now she's worked over at, at the BBC. Yeah, and they all they all socialise with each other, like especially behind the scenes at the Soap Awards and everything. There's, there's a massive rivalry, but it's not as cutthroat a... as you might think no. it is. And like I say, a rising tide lifts all ships. Hmm. So the the converse is true, and I I seriously think that. Everybody involved recognises there's a danger to trying to finish off EastEnders. I yeah. just don't think that it's in anybody's benefit to take out a major competitor. No, no. Because I agree. there are people that will never ever watch soaps, and there are people that love soaps. Hmm. And the you know getting rid of EastEnders doesn't affect that those group of people at all. Hmm. All it does is make it so that soaps become less visible and less relevant and less headlines, fewer headlines about all of these mm. stories. That, you know, if if you can't write a stupid tabloid story about, oh, head-to-head EastEnders versus Coronation Street, blah, 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 what's happening in Super Soap Week, or, you know, so, so-and-so um, viewing figures less than this one, those stories disappear. This is what I said before about moving to the hub. Mm. If you move to a hub, you lose the immediate reactions of fans yeah, and then you don't yeah, exactly. have stories written, Coronation Street fans up in arms about Evelyn slagging off Fizz's hairstyle or whatever. <laughs> All that stuff generates content that gives clicks and makes people remember, oh, there is such a thing as EastEnders and Coronation Street. That might interest me at some point. I might want to watch that or what do they, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. The buzz benefits everybody and having EastEnders is of benefit to Coronation Street. Yeah. So, yeah, I I do say inadvertent. And if it's somebody's clever idea, it's a massive mistake. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Will they move back, I wonder? Well, I I thought that this move was due to the fact that they have this current affairs show. Who do? This news show, this ITV news programme. Yeah, did, did that drive it? They're, they're putting this new news show on half six till seven, so did Coronation Street have no choice? I mean, was it Corrie that chose? Likely. Was it the head of ITV? Have, have, have Coronation Street been dragged down this route 
unwillingly. That's what I think. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. I don't think anybody was going. Oh, can, please, can we do this? I think I, I, I'd have to. I, we said we'd have a look, but we didn't. We forgot about the viewing figures for the half past eight episodes, and they're significantly lower than the half past seven ones. Because if people don't bother returning for the second episode, then it certainly makes sense to not have the gap and keep people watching ITV for the whole hour. The uh, the gap is not going to be of benefit to Coronation Street at any point. My, no. That's my opinion. This gap is is only of benefit to the show in between on the very off you know on the, on the occasion that it's hooked some people in so much that they can't turn the channel well it could just be that you know you say well Corrie's finished let's just mute the tv potter around the house for a bit and then watch the second episode and maybe you know itv have been banking on that to get the viewing figures up for those I little don't programs think so. we sometimes do yeah have i know that. but no i don't think i don't think people i don't think they go let's trick people but to put it on mute i think what you're saying has an element of truth in it in that i can't be bothered to turn the channel over paula grady's not that annoying i'll just watch this that probably happens yeah that's what i'm saying i don't think it benefits coronation street it probably benefits the programs that might not get viewers in between mm. but i also think that if if itv thinks this this uh news channel is important enough this news program is important enough and it's going to get more viewers than you know i don't know ainsley harriet cooking a crab yeah you know let's let's have let's focus on what we think is going to get stuff instead of shoving things in between Coronation Street and hoping people don't turn the channel over mm. yeah interesting times I'm almost certain that everything that comes in between the Coronation Streets is going to have a lower viewing figure than the two Coronation Streets yeah but I don't I'm know sure, I'm sure. Um, so this this I think it's also interesting to consider that they're investing in current affairs mm. because that's you know, they're never going to stop making new things happen every day, are they? <laughs> no news today. Um, okay, well, but isn't it there we go. Yeah, that's okay. that's what we think. And sp- that, that's that's pretty much it for the news this week. Apart from speaking of schedules, next week's Corrie is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because uh, there's football on Friday, so we uh, we get to finish early for the week again. Let's go but, um, to Bruges. Um, no, let's not. Oh. Don't fancy it. I've got parents' evening next week, unfortunately, Gemma. What, on busy? Friday? No, not Friday. Not Friday, that's true. Um, okay, well, uh, that, uh, let us know what you think, listeners. I, I'd, uh, I'm very interested to hear more opinions on this and if there's anything that uh, that we missed or that Gemma missed. You did lots of talking there. You were very good, very articulate. I, I just think that they're hoping that if you if it clashes between Corrie and EastEnders, they're hoping that you'll pick to watch something on the hub. Um, and I think that they're... Saying we don't care whether you watch Corey on the Hub, mm. um, which As I think way is of quite getting bold. us used to it, so that eventually that they can just go Hub only, or maybe I do think there's no way they do Hub only for Coronation Street, it or too much at least money. having them early on the Hub. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's it for the cabin. Let's finish off the podcast with a bit of feedback. <laughs> All right, let's do some feedback then. So we are going to start off with our Facebook scores for last week, for the uh, for last week's Coronation Street. And 3.39 was what people on average voted last week's Corrie. So not too bad. I think they seem quite positive on it. Nancy gave it four sourdough starters out of five. Fiona, two and a half sourdough spotty virgins. And Michelle was my pick of the week. And she voted it four sets of placards predicting Mrs. Crawshaw's next question <laughs> out of five. Because that... 
was a bit convenient, wasn't it, <laughs> that Amy had a, just the right placard for whatever it is that Old Orla had to say. And uh, I will, I am going to start off with Susan, I think, this week. And she has said, may I just say how much I enjoyed the interview with Amanda Barry. Thank you very much. Well done for allowing her to tell her stories. Sometimes interviewers jump in too quickly. I could have easily have listened for another half an hour. But I guess I always leave the audience wanting more. Yeah, thank, I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed it. It seems like lots of people, as well as being um, outraged by Amanda Barry's suggestion that she would have been... Well, no, maybe it wasn't outraged. Maybe it was just like, oh, a curry scandal in the 80s would have been. I don't know. It, it seems that lots of people did enjoy it as well. So thank you very much. And I enjoyed speaking to her. As I enjoyed speaking to Kate Spencer, because we haven't talked about her this week, have we? We had another special guest on the podcast this week, lovely Kate, who yes. played Grace... Yes. Spoke to her. Um, that interview was um, last Friday that I did that actually, but we popped it on the feed for you earlier this week. And um, she, she was, was lovely, absolutely wasn't she? lovely. Not at all like Grace. She was very, 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 very nice. And I've, I've exchanged a few messages with, with her since as well. Very lovely lady. Right. Anyway, back to Susan. She says, um, what do you think about Faye and Craig as a couple? I just feel for Faye. I just feel Faye doesn't seem to have that love young dream glow. I know she has a lot on her mind, etc. But it is a bit like she's planning to move in with her brother. Just a little bit of excitement wouldn't go amiss. I guess I'm just a romantic at heart. Susan, you're right though. I do think that... I'm feeling Craig, nothing. Craig and Faye have skipped straight to the we've been married for 20 years uh, portion of their, of their marriage where they just hang out together like roommates they've, they've they've been put together because they've got history haven't they you know they were they were they were friends for a bit they were together through the whole phase pregnancy thing and, and it felt, they felt inevitable craig was always a bit too old for her but now she's grown up and it's not inappropriate but it's it feels like it was a plan that coronation street made five years ago and now we're actually there it's like oh, they're not like not well suited are they yeah, they just don't have chemistry together. And unfortunately, because of COVID, they don't smooch and canoodle. Not that I need to watch that, but it's quite evident. You know, if you if you were watching it and you and somebody said, which one of these is Craig going out with, Emma or Faye? Yeah, you I can... don't know that you'd be able to tell. No, there's just, there's nothing there. There's, there's no romance. I mean, ever since she's come out of prison, to be honest, it just felt... I thought, yeah, we probably better put them back together because they, we said they face, were a year know, ago. How differently does Craig really treat Faye to, to Emma? Mm. Just like just like like a roommate, like you said. It, uh, and and now it looks like that they could be on the you know the cusp of splitting up over this whole Ted thing. And was anybody watching tonight going, oh no, poor Craig and Faye? How will they get through this? Is there a Craig and Faye shipping community anywhere? I, I doubt it. And we know that they can do it because they did it with Seb and Nina in the space of a month. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They just, they don't care about us. Um, being invested in Being invested in their relationship, because particularly. they're just on for you know. They're together for the storyline purpose. Vehicles, yeah, to, and to like, cause ooh, conflict. tension because the policeman is going out with a person who's hit somebody over the head but and now potentially wanna... knocked them over with their car and led to their death. Oh, no. I just want to also point out the, the completely unresolved issue of the fact that Faye went to prison and Craig was supposed to be communicating with her secretly because he's not allowed to talk to her because he's a policeman and she's in prison. And it was a, a whole thing about it's really inappropriate and I'm going to have to secretly send my messages without anybody knowing. And then that just went to nowhere. Yeah, I can't remember and, what they you said you know, about that. There could have been yeah. like a real, you know, uh, forbidden love aspect of 
secret, you know, messages and assignations yeah. and, you know, yeah, romance and, with, uh, yeah, you know, forbidden love. Yeah, it's, it is. It's forbidden and, and it love. never materialized. And then now they're just like, mm. you know, they've all been adopted by somebody. Yeah, I kind of wish that Faye would just go back to prison. It's a shame because I used to kind of like her. I but... like I like Faye, but I don't know what she's up to. Mm. And I'm not sure what her personality is as a young adult yet, really. No, they're still trying to work that out, aren't they? Right, I'll Nancy, Nancy. Gemma. Nancy says, Chesney feels that he needs to be able to provide for his family himself. He will be able to accept help when he realises that it will be helpful in the long run. I wonder if Rita will give them some money. Bernie is trying so hard to help out. I thought Dev was wonderful coming over with food. The Dev and Bernie relationship works well. Clink could cause some problems with Chesney and the social worker was helpful. I loved Tim that Aggie helped Tim out. Sally and Tim are lucky to have Aggie. I expect Aggie will be helpful to Sally and Tim during and after that bypass surgery. Well, she was yeah, Sally was yeah, Aggie, yeah. Aggie's like, I don't only like them when they're dying. Don't I play my part in the story, getting yeah. Sally to suspect that I'm having an affair with Tim. <laughs> well, if there's no drama, I'm now not interested. A, now he's actually, you know, recovering. Nah, boring. <laughs> Who needs a nurse? No, nobody. Um, Nancy says, I think Sally will forgive Tim when she realises just how much the idea of having bypass surgery scared him. Abby was wonderful. It was a wonderful friend in this story. And I loved it when Carla said, too much information. <laughs> Amy was brilliant organising the protest. And I loved Emily Pankhurst's reference and Tracy's involvement. Ash was wonderful. Amy saying, he's not seen anything yet. Referring to Daniel. Tells me that Amy is not finished with the upskirting, is she? I thought it was hilarious when Daisy and Jenny scared each other. I like Leo and Jenny together. It'll be interesting when Jenny meets Leo's parents. I would love to see Jenny become pregnant. Now that's interesting, isn't it? I give this week's episode three and a half sourdough starters as a five. Character of the week is Bernie, but a huge shout out to Aggie. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thank you. It is a shame when certain characters get dropped. Like um, Abby's another one. Like She was looking like they were building her up to be a... A semi-significant part of the Tim story, and again, we've not seen her at all this week. It's bizarre. Oh, I just want. I, I, I'm just waiting. I want to know when the, this Toya Imran Aggie story is going to come back on because it's it's going to happen, isn't it? Something is happening there. How long? But so Toya when, and Tim how long Imran, till uh, she shows? Because uh, uh, she's quite petite. Yeah, exactly. She is. I'm clearly convinced she's pregnant. Toya and Imran are being stubbornly invisible so far in 2022, aren't they? Saving well, them up for something big. Imran's doing lots of jogging and standing around overhearing people saying incriminating things. Getting bits and then of bread. Saying, I can't believe you told me that. If there's ever a court case involved with you killing a man, I'm going to have to come and say that I heard you say that you definitely did do it because you were drunk. God, don't get Craig, don't get Imran involved in that, honestly. Right, lastly, then we have got Rebecca's email and she says this first. Hope that Michael is feeling better and he's had two negative lateral flows. I did. Yeah, COVID, no more COVID. Not going to get it again. I've COVID, had enough of this now. So Better with it. Yeah. Uh, on to Curry. First of all, Chesney isn't. Um, Ch- first of all, Chesney isn't it. Uh, I'll say that again. First of all, Chesney, it isn't charity if it's a gift from Gemma's mum's partner. I would have snapped Dev's hand off. I agree with Bernie and Dev not being suitable, but they have discussed this in the past and both actors work well together. However, I think that Bernie accepting the money from Clint might come back to haunt her. Correct. <laughs> I did like her not taking the money then after she went back. After she overheard Chesney. I, I, yeah, I, can't, I just can't read this evening. I'm just too knackered. Where am I even in my notes? 
You really I did like her I... not taking the money then after she overheard Chesney and Gemma's money woes. She did take the money. This shows shame. Bernie is thinking about the family. Unlike Clint, he was only thinking about himself. I still think the quads might be taken off them, especially with Chesney and Gemma talking about making time for Joseph now. I was literally screaming at the TV, say... Tell Sally Tim. Although it wasn't him, it was Aggie who told her eventually. Yeah. I can understand Sally being angry that everybody knew him apart from her. Tim should have really told her something at the hotel. Now, I'm wondering if um, the, the operation. operation won't be as successful as they'd hoped, causing Sally to get a break phone call and make her worried. Even though she's angry, then after the break, it'll be a Miss, miss Ruse and Tim will be okay. Sally being angry at Tim is drama for drama's sake again, which annoys me. I did enjoy Aggie this week, though, and I liked the start of Friday's episode with Tim's monologue, though I did think he was talking to Aggie. Now... Amy's storyline. Loved Amy again this week and I agree totally with her protest. Even though the story was cut short, I'm wondering if this will lead into another social issues story involving young people. I loved Ardy's tambourine. So random but funny. <laughs> I never thought that Mrs. Crawshaw could be Gaddis's wife, but it could fit. It would also make sense why Mrs. Crawshaw just appeared all of a sudden. Also, I'm sure Abby is still pregnant due to the many times they were zooming in on her orange juice while Sally was drinking wine. Just wanted to add that in. Then, the Craig storyline is just frustrating, although I did like Roy and Craig's scene with the crutch. I'd either like Faye or Emma to be arrested or just Craig to find nothing else and the mystery just quietly forgotten about. <laughs> Again, same with the Zidane storyline. Nothing much to say about that, although I am still enjoying Yasmin and Stu. Finally, I'm assuming that Jenny's storyline will carry on to this week and all this talk about babies makes me think that Jenny might get pregnant. Quite like her and Leo together, but I would also be okay if they broke up too. Character of the week is Amy, but could easily have been Bernie, and I give it three and a half times the camera zoomed in on Amy's orange juice to say she's pregnant even though she insisted she wasn't. Out of, out five. of five. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca. There's lots of thoughts you had about last week. I... Love, um, yeah, I just do love the idea of um, Jenny and Abby being pregnant at the same time. Oh, yeah, pregnant buddies, that could be quite fun, couldn't it? Yeah, why not? Why not? It'd be like Gail and Sally all over again, right? We are done. Sorry, it's another short podcast this week, everybody. But I did say at the beginning I'm knackered, but you know, if Coronation Street had been a little bit more compelling, we probably could have squeezed a little well, bit more chat out of it. The thing is. A lot of the street talk length depends on me ranting or there being some kind of very important issue that needs to be discussed or uh, like also, predictions. Yeah, exactly. Predictions. And if we're really hooked nothing, into something, like, it was don't just care like, what it's just going on. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't really care. <laughs> I'm ready for a change because I started off the year saying, oh, it's nice we've got a change of stories. This Faye and Emma thing seemed fresh and new and Tim's high up part problems that's that's new for 2022 but now we're what four weeks into january and it just feels like i'm ready to let some other characters have a go so you know maybe we're yeah, into february not... next week so um maybe we will maybe we um, will got to say thank you very much we have a new patron this week this is dalton thank you very much for signing up to the bistro tier Yay! you will hopefully very soon be receiving the um january patreon episode of um, the Conversation Street through your email, uh, through your oh. RSS feed. So keep an eye out for that. We were going to be recording it this week, but we had to put it back. But we are still endeavouring over the next, how long we got left in January? Three days to get that out to all our lovely, loyal patrons. Thank you, guys. You guys are fantastic. Thank you very are. much. 
as is everybody else. You're all wonderful. Pat yourself on the back. We got through another week together. Oh, I'm just ready to drop off, Gemma. Can you tell everybody off? Yeah, I will. Listeners. You don't need to say another word. In oh, fact, you say should shut up. Wake me up Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us online at conversationstreet.podbean.com. That's where we've got the directory of all our episodes organised by things like interviews or topics. We've also got all the latest ones. You can listen to it there. You can listen to it on iTunes or Spotify. You can review us on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on YouTube. And that's it. And it's goodbye from me. Bye. I'll be better next week. Sorry, I was a bit rubbish this week. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.